Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. You found a place, right? That was easy. <laughs> I've never been to Coriopolis. It's my first time here. Really? Yeah. No, I um, the turn. Bring us back to you a little bit. I'm, I'm cool. You sitting back, man. As long as as long as, as I long get as to, close. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is the great thing about to me, at least in Pittsburgh, is okay. It's all, it's just a million different neighborhoods. Uh-huh. So I'll drive around just because I want to see what's going on in different places. You're I've brave. never taken the, come on, I just got my concealed carry, baby. Here in Pennsylvania, yeah, I got a, I got a gun and now I can carry it without anybody knowing because in Pennsylvania, it's super easy to do. Um, No, so I've never taken, I came from the South Hills, uh, north on 79, that exit 51 over here. Yeah, yeah. Never got off that exit before. So really? everything, I'm just like, I, so I, okay. and your city Pittsburgh has a very, you guys are like your river rats. You guys are. Mm-hmm. This is a city that was. I mean, your trash. It's like it's, it's hill trash. They had a city dropped into it because that was commerce through the rivers. Right. So right. everything looks like there's a city, but it's the topography looks like where I'm from, which is just hilly Appalachia. I mean, it's a city in Appalachia. So I popped off there, and I just, it's fun to look around and see what's happening, who's out there doing stuff. <laughs> So I found the place just fine. I found the place, but I was, I mean, tell you, I went nice and slow. I was just looking at people like, what are you guys up to? This is a weird little spot here, isn't it? Here uh, downtown. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll do weird stuff. I'll find an exit I've never been off of, eat at their uh, restaurant right that's like, would be like right out there. And I was uh, hanging right out. On. Yeah, you're exploring. I mean, that's the benefit of, uh, I think that's a benefit of not being from here. You know, yeah. Everything is just new, somewhat, anyways. Very new. Yeah. And the, more than other cities, I guess is what I'm saying. There's you more just, to explore here. You just came back from a trek up upstate New York, or is it western New York? Is that right? I was in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yep. Western New York. Kind we're of hold that. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> I like that like all these Rust Belt cities all think they're better than the next one. Like, of you're course. not all the exact same. It's hysterical. <laughs> you guys are dorks. You get, I mean, is Pittsburgh a Rust Belt city? <laughs> What are, are I mean, you, I mean, you know, really? I, I bet you, no, not now. I would, but I bet you've talked to anybody who is over the age of 50, or if you watch an NFL broadcast, they act like every person still works in the steel mills here. Yeah, no question. It's not, and it's not that way at all yeah, here. No question. No, and, not at all. So is it Rust Belt? Probably still not as gray much, here. Not as much as it used to be, but it's certainly Rust Belt. Okay. Okay. The whole idea, yeah, I mean, I think that Cleveland, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Buffalo... Um, and then you move over, moving over towards Chicago. Is, you're all the same people. I don't, I don't think they're much. Cincinnati, I don't find you guys to be, any of us to be different. See, I feel Cincinnati has more of a southern feel to it, you know? Yeah, sure. A little bit. A little bit more. Now, Columbus, I think, is more in line with where we are. Indiana. I think Pittsburgh's done a better job of turning it, like, giving itself a new name. It actually bothers me how proletariat... They act like Pittsburgh is. Mm, Everyone's like that's been going on forever. I was like, shut up! You look at the medical technology. I mean, mm-hmm. look at what's the young people who've moved here, and with the money that's come in here, mm-hmm. all the new well, restaurants and art. Just think about this for a second. If we did not have uh, a, a prominent football team and somewhat prominent um, hockey team, 
think about how bad the outward optics would be at that time. Because really, the only time anyone gets a little peek at it is during a national broadcast where the announcers will say it's Renaissance City and da da da, and it's no longer the dirty steel town. That's what we always heard. But if yeah. that didn't exist. I mean, think they about would, it. They would expect they're just putting fries on sandwiches <laughs> and dipping in ranch like scumbags. That's all they'd say. I think this. I think this city. I mean, I chose to live here on like I came here. Yeah. And I chose to live here because I liked it because it's enough of a city for yeah, me that cool. has has all the things that I want. Mm-hmm. All the major stuff that I want is going to come through here. It has the sports. It's still close to where I'm from. Right. The people are. They resemble people that I grew up with. Right. On. And so I mean, I I said. I'll find work here. I'll make it happen mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I like Pittsburgh. And then I'm here. I mean, I own a home here. So. Yeah. I mean, I did, would never get a vibe from you that you weren't, you know, a Yinzer. Yeah. Whatever well, that actually means. Because I'm probably not a Yinzer, but I guess I am by, I've lived here. So, you know, I don't know. I don't Yinzer's feel like, like punk rock, man. Uh, yeah, there, there's an analogy. Like, why don't you bridge that one together for me? <laughs> not very difficult. <laughs> Yeah, I like it here. I, I mean, but it's it's just um, I'm telling you, there's no. I just I just I travel around this area a lot. Yeah. I did for work. I traveled around Pennsylvania, rural New York, right rural on. Ohio for the last over a decade. Okay, I've done that. People aren't different. I like yeah. when people from cities act like they're different than people who like live 20 minutes down the road. It's like sure you don't know how to ride a dirt bike and they do, and you have slightly better restaurants, but like you're not different. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... I think you have, I think you have city slickers always looking down at people that are not from the city. Oh, that's for sure. And then the other way you have you have scorn coming the other direction too. Absolutely. It's it's just handled differently. That's all. You know. Yeah, people should just get along with. You think it'd be I a mean, lot easier. <laughs> be, Life be, would be a lot easier, man. You think you can get I along mean, with somebody? Somebody in a suit and tie should be able to go out and milk a cow, and the guy who's milking the cow should be able to go and holy. sit. And it should, it should be able to sit down in a nice restaurant and have manners as well. It's not rocket science. It's real simple. Yeah. And it's it, and you always, um, at least when I was young, I said, wow, you know, you know, if you're a young person, you need like sports, it's teams, teams, teams. Well, you know, if, if Americans would view themselves as a team and we're all in this quote unquote together, whatever that means loosely, you know, the, the adversaries are outside our borders. For not sure. inside our borders, right? And that just we just don't fucking get it. No, not at all. I mean, that's well, that's no, as, as politics as I'll go. But that's generally like we just do not want to be nice to each other. Yeah, I don't get that. No, well, you're because they're. I don't because they're doing that. They're all doing that. Both every everybody's doing that to us. They're, I mean, there's yeah. the divide and conquer that has existed over these last couple of decades, and no it doubt. happened when I was younger. It's 100 percent what's happening. But shame on us for being so fucking manipulated, man. I mean, like we're all we're, we're so susceptible to manipulation Absolutely. anymore. I mean, yeah. today more than ever. I think there's a. I want to believe there's an. I think yes, we are. I think there's a good contingent of people who are running down the middle who have their eyes open and see that they are. There's not a lot enough, of people, who, but not enough. Not that's enough. I live in the middle, and that's I pride myself on living in the middle or yeah, doing my sure. best way of doing the best I can. Pragmatism is my thing. There needs to be a pragmatic party. Is the Democratic or Republican? The pragmatic party. That's There's no nuance left in any conversation anymore. It's, it's uh, over. But yeah, we, I think they're, they're 100 yeah. making it so that way we can. There's not get enough along. people in the center, though. No, probably not. 
But they're probably there. They just don't recognize it or they don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. It's getting hard too because media is, is – is, we're in a whole new world mm-hmm. right now too. So, I mean, unfortunately, we're just getting, getting pegged out on it. You know, you know yeah. I hope that and, – and it's happened that over time people will be – will understand how we're being manipulated in certain ways. It, and I hope kids the are going get to, opened. I think, I think it will. It'll have to. I mean, we're not all idiots and they'll well, start – getting bored of the way information is disseminated to people. Every generation is better than the prior. And I know that the prior wants to talk down to them, but ultimately every generation improves society. For sure. And so that's going to continue to happen. And the people are going to wake up at some point in time. It's going to happen. I don't know when. I think it's going to happen. Do you ever think there was a time when... <laughs> this is stupid, but I always thought it was funny that like every generation does things the generation before them was like more like not then like every time you catch uh-huh. a guy who was in high school he was like back in my day like it was tougher to make state for wrestling and all that bullshit right <laughs> happens all the time but th- that also means that if everyone felt like that there was like isn't it funny to think about like world war one veterans oh. kind of being being like come on world war two veterans are they really that good <laughs> like a little bit like world war one's like no we had the original war we were great but then world war two people came by and kind of like yeah but we beat hitler and these World War One guys are just at some so VFW. Did you see somewhere. the hats we had to wear? Dude, I was building a trench through the goddamn Atlantic. I was killing reps. You guys were fly- Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one, man, because I, I used to wonder that as a kid. I'm like, I wonder if it's like a rivalry between the World War One. and so I'm saying, Oh, you know they're better than these. I didn't get a fucking Hitler to chase down. Be fucking furious, dude. Yeah, because you want to be like, I'm the biggest of bass. Like, you won the first world war, and then these, like, these little punk ass kids, you're wiping their ass. They come around and go, no, hey, old man, take a chill for it. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to go kill uh, Hitler. I'm going to save the world from Nazism. Like, fuck, dude, they are better than me. It is, but, but there is something to be said about the, maybe the simplicity of life at that time. Like, it's not fair to, like, compare Vietnam veterans to World War II veterans because. Different war, different society, sure. different leadership, different attitudes, everything. And you, you, it's almost impossible. But I think that we innately compare. That's what we do. We just, that's the human experience is comparison. That's all anything is. In comedy, at least, that's all you do the whole say, time. That's, that's, that's the all essence you, of comedy. All this is comparing and contrasting and making analogous statements. It's, all, it's almost all it is. Finding a way to disguise that. You were just on Goat Fest with uh, Light, huh? I did do go. Yes, I did. Yes, I did goat fest. I like that it was goat fest, the greatest of all time, and it's like four dipshits in a field that all have day jobs. Yeah, the greatest of all time. Yeah, and one is a bartender, one works at a call center. Like we, yeah, the greatest of all time. Yeah, fucking four B-City loser comics calling themselves the greatest of all time. To just a... Takes just, balls. Just to a... There's a mud pie-filled cow shit field that's raining and cold. Yeah, weather was Dude, nasty. Dude, talk yeah. about the dis- detachment and the, de- <laughs> dis- the delusion in... The five of us. I'll tell you one thing you'll say about Matt Light. That dude is, uh, boy, he will entertain. He'll he did he, this show. He brings. He's got fans. I swear to God, it's fun. There's no doubt. The, and it's no doubt. I, I bag on on comedy in B cities all the because it's because that's what I do. And like, if I took myself too seriously, I'd fucking quit. Right. Um. 
but he's like one of the few people who he cultivates a fan base. They come out uh-huh. and see him. Very it's loyal. Funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. They see him do his jokes, and he just calls them fat and tells them they're you know they're handicapped or whatever. And they were like, "Thank you, dude. Like, thank you, sir. May I have another stuff?" And they show up, and he. I mean, his show. Pittsburgh these- thing. Like the uh, the Pittsburghers react that way. No, they, no, no. It's a, I mean, you I mean, you're, you get around the same people. The, 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 he okay. would be able to do that in any other okay, city. Okay. The same type of people. Um, okay. I'm surprised that wrestling stick still fucking works. That yeah, blows, it looks great. Blows. Oh no, no. I'm not making judgment good or bad. I, I'm just surprised yeah, are, that dude. that. Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe Come a on, little. That, well, the whole Austin, you know, Rock thing. Is the Rock finally at some point? Is he peaking a little bit? I mean, because I heard his latest movie just kind of is not box office, and he's like the most popular man on the planet. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Rock awesome. everything 24 seven. I get it. Yeah. I like the Rock. I like the Rock. But even the Rock is going at some point in time going to crest. You know, you're not. You can't always. Probably be when he runs for president, he'll stop being as popular. Is it going to happen? If he's a fucking idiot, maybe. Why would you? Why would <laughs> you, you give us, up that amazing life? Stupid, you'd have yeah, to be. Yeah, I mean, you got to be more mind than God. <laughs> yeah, to take a low rent paying job <laughs> and your life's torn well, no, apart. No, 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 no. But that's. I mean, that's the point. Once you've made, and I just I, did. I guess that's what once you've made enough money where it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you can lord over people. I guess and that's the last thing to do. Like, he, doesn't, he doesn't need money. He's Trump. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you think he just he loved because that's the only thing. I don't need to do this job. I don't need to do this job. And uh-huh. then when he got the job rested away from him, he was like, "No, no, I, I still have the job." In fact, it's because the power was cool. Yeah, he didn't need money. There's no question. Do you know what always bug? It was always kind of funny. Like, and this isn't like really political, but that's like. All right. That that just uh, he became the like everyone's like he's a failed like because everyone's like maybe he doesn't have money he doesn't have this fine I don't care I don't wait to his but like he's a failed dude and I was like you know he became the most powerful guy in the world probably second to China but let's not get into but he became the like he's not failed anymore officially because everyone was like that was like the big bag right they just dunked on him like you're failed you went bankrupt or something blah, blah, blah. but then like but then he did become the most powerful guy in the world you gotta you can't, at least can't deny that. Americans right. and maybe maybe humans in general, but observation, old guy observation. Okay. Envy is the worst human trait imaginable, and the bottom line is simply this: we will lash out and attack, and oftentimes it's rooted in envy or jealousy. And anyone that will no, attack no, the him, people, the, he was he's kind of he's, he's kind of like he's a hateable guy, undeniable, but yeah. undeniable. But but I mean, you, but to say he's failed yeah the guy has made fortunes lost them made him again lost them okay so he used tax loopholes i guess he didn't invent the tax loopholes they were there he used them i'm just saying yeah, yeah for sure you don't do that yeah. being a fucking moron well, you, you know, know he, did, he just it's, don't just crazy and i mean and he'll get in trouble for stuff whatever i don't care but his uh it goes back to like care people that easily like manipulated and he put like a lot of his value on Hey, my name is worth so much. You know how much money he puts in just his name is crazy. And it's like, but it's true because he doesn't do anything. He slaps his name on it. It's worth something. It's like it stands for class. It did for a while. Like three it, billion. And then he might have ruined it, it by running for, for president. I, I he kind of had the life. That's where, that's where we got to this. Guy yeah. had the life. What was he doing? I mean, he, has a, he has an ugly, dipshitty looking man, dude. You have better hair than he does. Right? I know I do. And bald guy to bald guy, dude. And that guy and that guy was like, ah, but power would be fucking tight. And he did. He got it. So 
yeah, the rock will go down once the hubris and and when he power grabs it. If he was smart, he really would stay really far away from that, right? So far away. Yeah. And every time anybody said, he doesn't ever tell people to not say that either. Like, what do you mean? People talk about it all the time. Oh, you yeah. knew he that, doesn't right? discourage. He doesn't yeah, he, discourage. People or... talk about. He, he's never coming back. Like, Shut up! I don't want to do it. That'd be the move. <laughs> yeah, no way. This is pretty cool. But I mean, could a it gym be follows any, me could like it it's be, <laughs> like it's worse? a like it's puppy dogs. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I just turn around. Fucking, there's a gym for me. That life has to be nuts, though. I mean, you know, we sit and say. Um, yeah, the money's great. Look at all you, you, materialism stuff. Eventually, once you can have anything, I would imagine it's got to be beyond boring. Once you get it all, and you can have anything, once you get through the fun, couple months, yeah. a year maybe, but then to have your to be examined and then have to keep up this social media day in day out, face on this, promoting this, doing this, working out like a madman. You can't tell me that's fun. There's nothing fun about picking up weights. Every day, for hours. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eventually, eventually, well, he's that's going to get old. Eric, get Eric old. he's an addict. He he's he's addicted to a lot of things. That's why that's happening. I mean, it's not just like the <sighs> material. It's also like he's addicted to working out. That's you don't get that big without having a problem. Everything in moderation. That's clearly not moderation, Rock. But he has to do that. Stay that big for his jobs to keep being the mountain of a man that he is. Do you notice you said something? about when is it enough mm-hmm. I'll tell you the smartest thing that was ever said to me or at least my favorite thing mm-hmm. is that I, my, my first boss I ever had in the real world he I used to work sharpening knives mm-hmm. sharpening knives he worked for Cutco you know okay. Cutco knives I heard of them yeah yeah and so he, he like sharpened knives like, and then he got a job um, in his current industry he was my first first boss okay and um, he made significantly more money and he's just a cool dude. And we were, we were drinking at a... We were drinking in Pittsburgh. We were over near El Equipa. Right, right on. Um, we were at a, a bar that was like in a strip mall that was near that Beaver County, like near Robert Morris era. Okay. Manaka? Yeah. Is Manaka... Wait, is, is Robert, Manaka Robert, Robert Morris done? Or not, Manaka? sorry, sorry, sorry. What's the... Robert Morris isn't near... Manaka Aliquippa. Bob Morris is in Moon Township. Shit, I don't know where I'm at. That's right. Okay, okay well, here's, here's what he said. All he said was, uh, he was like, Seneca, when I used to sharpen knives, every day, every week, I'd go home, I'd drink a natty light, and mow my lawn. Now I have this job. I go home, I drink a Coors Light, and I have a riding lawnmower. Mm-hmm. He's like, it doesn't matter how much more money I make right now, I still am going to drink a beer, I'm going to mow my lawn. And that's it. So, you know, everything should be fine. Like, like you don't have to go too crazy for anything. You, it, doesn't, it doesn't change much once you get more money. So your point being, like, when does it become too much? It should have been too much a long time ago. All you yeah, did was do... I never, never felt that way until I got older, though. Like, I mean, I still believe that you should be able to earn as much as you want and, and owe no one an explanation. It's up to what you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody. But you can be as industrious as you want to be. If you mm-hmm. want to earn, you know, if uh, if Musk wants to earn another three hundred billion, if he wants to be the first trillionaire, if that's a goal of his, as long as he's not hurting anybody, I don't care what he does, and I'm not going to judge him for that reason. Mm-hmm. No. Now I will tell you, I've had my eyes open that Dr. Brock on here, which he said, look, he says, what I will tell you is, I respect the man's right to do that, 
But I think about all the problems in the world that can be solved to help other humans with money that's just sitting in a bank, someone's staring at it. I mean, that money could be put to good use to help people. Oh, for sure. And that's where I think, it, that's where as I, I've changed my opinion as I've gotten older and thinking, you know, maybe we need to look a little more philanthropic here. We, have, we almost have a responsibility to Didn't do he that. get all of his seed money from his mother in South Africa doing some terrible torture uranium mine? <laughs> I don't know about that. I know he made <laughs> I money no at pay, PayPal was a thing. PayPal. He, he was involved what with is, that. What, is, what did his mom do? I, this shows you how stupid I am. I'm like, ah. For, I was like, in order to make that much money, you ever see someone with like a lot of money? Dude, and you just got to look at them and be like, Someone suffered so you can make that much money. There's, <laughs> once you make that much of money, of course. Someone, so when you're like, as of long as you're course. not hurting anybody, so but like that's course. somebody else's money. Definitely a little bit of it is. <laughs> and so then my mind was like, I might have heard like three things sometimes about Elon Musk or whatever, which I don't pay any attention. Oh, that was like, funny, man. and some of his seed money come from. I guess isn't he running a child slave camp in Uganda <laughs> or something, or his mom, his mom is Ghislaine Maxwell or some shit oh like that, God. or. <laughs> Just I, I don't know, man. I don't know at all. I'm making that up, but I think so. I think that's probably spot on. Though well, there's always some angle when you sit and think. If you really dig deep, I'm probably going to guess that your local green grocer, you know, back in the '70s, is not currently a billionaire. I mean, that's just the stretch between that little grocery market mm -hmm. all the way to having a billion dollars. Possible, unlikely. Mm -hmm. There's always usually an angle in there somewhere. Yeah, somebody with some money comes mm -hmm. in there, lies to them a little bit, buys it cheap, and then makes it big. It's good, man. Or this family or whatever. I don't begrudge anybody for making your money. As long as they're me. not hurting anybody, right? That's that's the whole well, everything, right? I think all the way down the line is as long as you're not hurting other people or affecting other people. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. We don't Hopes. live yeah. that way though. I don't know why. Well, I mean, you're probably you don't. I'm just saying, as a society, we don't live that way. We're well, so quick to judge on everybody. Maybe it's because we just don't have the ability to look in the future too much. We're too immediate. Okay. What about the idea that maybe people are too busy watching other people live their lives and not enough, spending enough time well, through, living like, the their phone, own? Like this? Like through the phone? The phone's probably a contributor to that, but I think social media in general, just the, the power of the keyboard and the anonymity of it all. Oh, yeah. You don't, have to, you don't get punched. Mike Tyson said that, right? That's the problem with the internet. He says oh, back, right. back, back when I was young, and he said that yeah. to someone, you turn around and get punched in the mouth. Yeah, everybody thinks they're smarter than what they are. You don't have to back it up. It's yeah. I mean, I didn't wasn't on social media until I started comedy, and I was told that I yeah. had to. It's like you have to if you want to do this thing, and I was told that like when I was just like a couple of weeks in an open mic, and I fought it. I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I mean, it's... do you like it better without it in your life, or are you okay with it? Social media, mm -hmm. I hate it. Yeah, I don't want it at all. Well, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't like how much it takes up an my time. Comment because okay, I kind of feel that way, and, and it doesn't make any sense because I grew a guitar business with it. Then I am a realtor, so I have to be out there, and then I did this crazy thing. So it's it's kind of a necessity now. But I yeah. actually have said to myself, man, if I could eviscerate that from my day in day out life, just going about my business, doing my job. Why do you think people are depressed and killing themselves? It's one hundred percent social media. If you look I at all, I think you're right, man. If I mean, I know nothing. Again, none of this is researched. I'm gonna say, being honest, from when you ask me a question to when I say something through here, it just started working, and I'm working it through. I get half it. a word before. I get it. I bet you, if you looked at number teenage numbers right now and the advent of uh, advent invent whatever of social media mm -hmm. i would 
I would put everything that I have that numbers are climbing and maybe they're being reported more, but are climbing in direct correlation, direct relationship mm -hmm. to social media usage. Why? Because your unhealthy expectations, it's all false. It's phony. And you have over, because uh, you can't tell how much scrutiny is actually on you. So you're going to build up extra scrutiny and you're valuing yourself worth based on too many people. It's not yeah. right here. You know, it used to be friends and family. They're right there. It's all all politics is local. Care about your friends and family first. Right on. We expanded it to where everything exists now. Now you're you're trying to make sure that you have the approval of somebody you don't know. You also think that, that person is you're trying to get that. You think they're looking at you, judge you, and that person is on the other side of the world. And somehow you've yes. allowed yourself to believe that that person is you've allowed them to affect you because you believe that you have some relationship with them the borders have gotten smaller i don't know so i just assume it, it's it's made up in your own mind it's bullshit i think so when i was young one of the uh, lectures that an adult would give you when you were embarrassed by something and saying look you think the end of the world's coming because they're gonna make fun of you the reality is no one really gives a shit. What is it like? Don't you, be arrogant enough to think that people fucking really care. They, they, they're saying it's the. Um, you wouldn't worry as much about what people think of when you realize how little they even think of you, or something like and that. I think that's even something like that. Yes, I think that's even more exacerbated in social media now. However, we're we're living as if we are more concerned about the possibility of being judged. Does that make any sense? It, yeah. It's 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 really a interesting thing, and I feel. I almost say to myself, you know, as a 55-year-old guy, like, I don't need this in my life. No, I really, you don't. I, I don't know don't. what you're doing. I think you're insane, personally. I, this I, is a this is a foolhardy endeavor. I think it's one... Probably. I, you just, to, to dip, you're doing and it for yourself, me. though. No, I think that you're doing it right. You you said something earlier, and mm -hmm. I don't mean to... No, no. You're, you're, you um, are just... Whatever happens out of this happens out of this. Very punk There's rock no mentality. Agent. That's the that's way yes. it's supposed to go. Yes, you you you're just doing this until if something happens, so something I, happens. So it it's not fun anymore. It doesn't, and I think that that's that's allowed. But when you it's kind not of fun anymore. But you you jumped into a world where you have to be a part of this thing, well, be a part of this machine. But as long I, as you keep that mentality, like this, if it starts sucking too much, I'm out of here. I think you'll be all right. Well, yeah, I thank you. I think the idea was to see if anyone found value in it. The idea of putting people together and talking with no agenda. Like literally, no ads, no agenda, yeah. and paying for it, just doing an experiment. Because all this really is an experiment. Now, social media was the vehicle to put it out there for free. So that's kind of the essence of And then it just kind of, people started digging it. We just kept doing shows, and it kind of grew legs enough that I wanted to keep doing it. But I was having a blast, and I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. The moment this isn't fun, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, so you're you're all right. So you don't, you're you're going to be able to box out like the negativity as much as it, you can. Yeah, well, the comments, are, comments are relevant. I mean, I don't even have comments turned on. I don't think in like the YouTube stuff or the the thing. Is, oh, are you a com like, do you, No, I I haven't turned what off. What about on Facebook? Do you read comments on Facebook? Uh, on the business page, yeah, I guess. Do you get shitty reviews? No, I mean, that'd be crazy, right? No one's looking to attack <laughs> anybody for locally. No, I mean, I was always thinking I'm going to have someone on this town that's you know somewhat no, someone is in comedy or someone that's an entertainer or a musician, and I'm sure in your life. You pissed off one or two people. Me, yeah, dude. So I mean, some enemy of someone is going to see this show and like go at him, right? It's never, it's never happened. I'm waiting for it to happen. Oh, well, if you jacked off at him, let, let her rip in the comment. I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet, oh. which is crazy. Two hundred and fourteen. You're number two fourteen. 
This is nuts. Two fourteen, baby. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I don't think you're gonna, a lot of people give a shit about me. <laughs> so wow. You're not, I I would. I mean, I bet you. Uh, I think uh, people are people are living rent free in my head, and they're not actually giving a shit about me. Anything. So I don't think anybody's gonna be coming around in your comment section to shit on me. Well, the funniest thing about this is when the beginning when this started, I said to myself. I'm not going to have any sponsors, I don't think. In the beginning, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then once I was sure about 20 shows in, I, I'm going to do this for fun. And I was saying, who the fuck is going to watch this thing? And then like, about a sh- by the time I got to show 40, I was having so much fun. And then I started paying attention. Because I would just, you know, I had everything set up. I'd upload it here, I'd upload it here, and then it would get proliferated here. And then once a week, I'd start looking to see what's happening. Then I started looking at these, the Facebook numbers on, on the views on the Facebook video. And I'm like... Who is going to sit in the playthroughs? You think it's a production value? It was ridiculous. Maybe. Could be. You have be. a good voice. Could, I very, don't know. No, you don't, you don't know we, if you have a good we voice. We look like we know what we're doing. You look, but, You do look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, Anybody, but, I think you do. It's just don't for fun. It's just fun. yourself short. It's fun. Good looking dude, deep voice, good production value. What can I say? It's. I'm a god, but a humble one. You're a god, but a humble one. Yeah. All right. Gotta be, gotta be humble, right? I hope so. <laughs> I just think I don't. I think what I think is I don't understand what the fuck I'm doing here. But you know what? People like yourself have come on. The conversations have been amazing. And I think this: if I quit tomorrow, my grandchildren, if they eventually have grandchildren, or my children as they grow older, mm-hmm. this is almost like a diary of their father's thoughts, experiences, conversations. It, it's there for perpetuity. I don't have that of my father, my mother, or my grandparents. So if sure. anything, maybe it's like a little a little diary or a time capsule. they look capsule. at it, but Grandpa was a douche. Did you guys check that shit out? <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> if, that's, if that's what they think. That's not, that would be a bummer, dude. You're telling me that would be okay? But, you, but then again... Or they think you're cool. Do I really care? I mean, at, at that point in time, I'm not out here doing anything embarrassing or rude. I'm just being no, myself. Not. I'm just saying, if my grandchild has a... Your kid ha- would be a piece of shit if they thought that. <laughs> Good point. I see what you're saying. If my great-grandchild what, like looks goes to my grave and goes, great-grandpa, you know, your thoughts on fucking whatever sucks. Uh, you reach out of the grave and choke the little ungrateful <laughs> shit. You came from my balls, you asshole. How dare you? Do you know, I think it's tough when you get older. Like, I don't have any children, funny, but I would. That I would. Funny. I get why parents like would slap a kid like on some disrespectful shit. That would bother me. Like, I you didn't you didn't exist, and then you're gonna act because especially teenagers. Like, yeah. I know who I was when I was a teenager. Yeah. Thought I was the smartest person yeah. in the world, and you know, I probably should, I probably deserved a couple of the slaps right. that I had when I was younger. Yeah, should that's okay. So that's funny. You're 38, right? So 38. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, he's 38. He's 38. So I never hit my kids, and I never was inclined to do so. I I had this really weird thing. Like, I got very lucky because I probably, after the aggravation I've given my own parents, you thought for sure I would get the two children from hell that would just torture me. It went the other direction. So I never had an inclination. How old are they? Uh, 20 and 18 now. So... I mean, it's past the hitting stage. I mean, like, no, dude. it's not, dude. This is when it starts. <laughs> you, have, you have a son? Do you have a son? Son's twenty, yeah. Dude, he's coming for you. This is firmly. You gotta fight your dad. You gotta fight your dad. 
I think this is a thing. We got to figure out that you got to figure out who's the man in the family. It's something. So you don't, is that how it's done? Huh? Probably, I fought my dad. What's up? I fought my <laughs> for sure. Fought my dad. Be, and I'm not gonna do the. I mean, I have bits about it. Like that I, that I tell on stage. But I 100 fought my dad. Yeah, my dad my used to be a, six four though. He's got the reach on me. I've been in a bad. You way. look scrappy, dude. Learn how to. You you seem like you might. Uh, you ever dabble in jujitsu? You look like an old guy who'd get in uh, jujitsu. I did uh, Tung Soo Do stand up karate for a while. See, come on, man. Yeah, six but, foot four. Uh, he's he's something. How tall are you? I'm just six, a little under six. Mom was mom was a tall lady. Oh, really? My my, my father and mother uh, shorter than us. Definitely your kid, though, right? I think. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Everyone, yeah, I mean, all right. I wonder sometimes. He looks like Yao Ming. You're like, ah, I think he's mine. I think he's mine. I think my daughter looks like me, but my son, not right quite sure. But you No, know, no, uh, you should, you should, well, I mean, this is not, I don't think you should, but I think, what's your son's name? Uh, Major. Where's Which camera's on me the most? This one here? That one right there, buddy. That one right, Major is his name? Uh-huh. Austin. I call him Major. His middle name's Major. I call him Major. Everybody That's pretty major. Awesome. major. Like, when not now, still looks spry. Actually, you probably could kick his ass now. <laughs> I mean, take him out one time. Just, <laughs> man, I don't care if it's on his deathbed. I don't care if he's hooked up to drugs. I was like, just elbow drop him right through that gurney. Take him, just so he like, doesn't go into Twilight thinking he's still on top. Let him know that it's tough guy's jeans are passed on. Do it. Know, whatever. You should. You should. Fight your kids. Don't. My oh, mom, like, yeah. Oh, man. Fight your kids. Great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I can't imagine being, a, that's like, I can't imagine being upset with them. We've never had that kind of, I don't know. I mean, now, granted, it was a divorce situation, so I wasn't the parent that had them 24-7. So Weekend dad. Or is it uh, more than weekends? But it was, but it, but it, but it wasn't like they were living full time with me. They would come and stay a couple nights a week, but their full time resident was with their mother. So I didn't see probably some of the nastiness that they same their, city, yeah, same city, yeah. So you know, I probably had it easy. I was the good time parent, right? Everything was great, and yeah, it's just easy. candy and everything. I was, yeah, dude, you barely. Well, you had to put in like a twenty percent shift on their childhood. The <laughs> kid's so great, yeah, because you spent all the time at Kennywood, dickhead. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, yeah, Chuck and, e. Cheese. and every time they're pissed off, they come to you and you're like, "She's kind of a bitch." I can't. Hey, listen, hey, between me and you, Major, hey, don't sleep in the same bed now, do I? All right, moved out on the bitch. I didn't mean that. That's obviously his voice, Major, not mine. You know, <laughs> right? Oh, my hey, God. Hey, Major, I fucking get it. Let me tell you, I couldn't even breathe correctly in the same room as her. Every time every time I'd cook chicken, she like, made her nauseous. Every time I watched football, made her nauseous. I don't fucking know, kid. So I'm going to piss her off. Make her chicken parm during the Super Bowl. She'll fucking lose it. I don't know. Oh, what's man. your daughter's name? Gwen. 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 That's is it. What's the short for? Oh, can I guess, or can I just ask? Tell me, it's Guinevere. It's not. Son of a bitch. I, I think that's a good name. Guinevere. Gwyneth. What is it? It's Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn Strong. Yeah, that's yeah. a good name. Yeah. Gwendolyn. And that was right around the time Gwen Stefani was coming around, and she was the 2000. thing. Two thousand. I yeah. Okay, so. You, I'm Red bra, no doubt. This. Yeah, I, I'm all about that. But that yeah. wasn't the reason why I named my daughter Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> I like to name my daughter after things I wanted to have sex with. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that's a good point. Uh, so I'll, I'll admit this. I uh, wanted to name her Gwen after uh, my great aunt. Well, yeah. I do. 
I name her Gwendolyn on the card. You know, I go out to the nurse's station, write it out. It's not your grandma's name. I call my great aunt on the phone. I said, I said, Aunt Gwen. I said, I just, you know, I had a baby girl and da, da, da. I just named her after you. I Gwyneth. named her Gwendolyn. And she goes, it's Gwyneth, honey. I'm like, ah, you too late now. Too late now. <laughs> I'm like, it's already written. The, you know, the, the fingerprint's already on. It's done. That is funny. Yeah, that's the story. And by the way, Aunt Gwen, I clearly don't love you that much. This is, I can't believe I have you saved in my fucking phone. This is nuts. You did not deserve that $5 every day. You didn't even know your aunt's name. What a what a slap in the face, Eric. Unbelievable. I know. Uh, that, that's, that's me. That's funny. That's me, man. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's actually, that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. That was... Uh... Did your daughter know that story too? She obviously does. She does. And the funny thing was about that, I wanted to name my son Major and some other middle name, and my wife at the time wanted Austin, so I said we compromised. Sure. So this time when she was just, they were sewing her up, I ran out to the nurse's station because she was going to, because she was supposed to be some other name. Okay. And uh, I, I'm sorry, it was supposed to be Lee. L that's where that's L E I G H. Yes. Okay. So I went out to the nurse's station and wrote in Gwen Gwendolyn Lee McKenna. Mm. And then I brought the car oh, back. Oh, so you were like, hey, it was listen. too late. It was too late. <laughs> it was already done. I don't think I was appreciated very much, but that's that's no, how it dude, no, that's no, that's exactly that's how it went. No, and that's exactly how it should have went. You compromised right, last God time. Damn it! No, I mean, how could it not? Explain to me how that wasn't the fair thing. <sighs> I thought it was fair too. It didn't, you know, go over very well at the moment. But <laughs> that's what it is. What was her argument? Her argument must have been, no, listen, last time you wanted major and Austin, so we meant Austin major, and this next. Next time, I wanted Lee, you wanted Gwendolyn, and we're going to, again, do what I wanted and got last time. Pretty much. That's what she Yeah. <laughs> you know that species as well, too, then, don't you? I don't fuck with that. No. I. That's crazy. That would be a crazy... Well, I, no, I wouldn't put it... It I, all worked out. It's a weird... Um, good. Uh, no, good co-parenting. I grew up in a very dysfunctional household, oh, yeah. so that's why I feel yeah. very comfortable to do that. No, you did, I, I'm sure you did we, a great job. We, we did, yeah. So for a divorce circumstance, it couldn't have been any better, you know? So Hell every, yeah. Everybody acted like adults, and the kids are better off for it. You know, and I will recommend that anyway. If you are divorced, put the kids first. I'm off my soapbox, but just do it. Do it right. <laughs> Imagine that do being the, right. contra- do the controversial right. statement. <clears throat> do like, it right. I don't want you to get uh, you know out of line here or delineate <laughs> from the path of politics. But hey, don't hit your kids. And also, like if you could care about them, feed and water them if you can daily. Can put a put. Make sure they have shoes in the winter. You didn't say anything crazy. You just asked. Imagine what's going. Don't, don't play with knives. <laughs> I don't want to say anything crazy, but don't treat your kids like shit. Yeah, and that's a, right. that's where we are today, in society, right? We're apo- are we? We're apo- I think so. We're apologizing for like civility. Think about that. We apologize for civility. Explain. I think. Well, I, I think the obvious. Um, we're so worried about offending people with traditional values when sometimes a traditional value is just a common sense act of decency, and we sometimes apologize for doing it in advance. It's crazy. We just need to be better people, and we're quit worrying about about offending somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as we're not, we're not if we're not coming into it with the intention of hurting anybody, we're being genuine. That's enough. Sure, we don't have to you know preface everything by saying not to be rude. Yeah, it's boring as shit. It is. It's boring. No, I mean, it's just a big how's comedy. How does that work for comedy now? I mean, like that's the. I try to to bring this up, and I get a bunch of different answers from comedians. So I'd love to hear what your what your thoughts are. But 
I'm confused. Middle-aged guy uh, remembers Carlin and all these, and, I, and liking some of the new comics too. But I'm confused as to why there are rules in comedy. There was never rules in comedy decades prior. It didn't appear to be. And now all of a sudden we have rules in comedy because we don't want to hurt feelings. Well, my thing was, like Carlin said, fuck feelings. You paid the ticket. We're going to have fun. Sure. The, 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 you're going to leave shortly and then the big nasty world's waiting for you. While you're here for two hours, everything's on the table. Sure. So you're asking me what are my thoughts on cancel culture? Is that what we're... Is that, is that cancel culture? Is that... Or, or, or yeah. like canceling... Or why we... Or if there are rules? I'm not asking you is it is it the right thing to do to be a decent person. I think we all, all should be decent. Yeah, for sure. But in, but in the essence of comedy, in that, in that theater, to mm. go and... Why are there rules? Oh, there aren't. <clears throat> there aren't. There I mean, aren't? No, I mean, I mean, people have tried to create them. I think you can still get, a, you can still do whatever the hell you want. There's no freedom of consequences, I guess. In okay. the end, um, you can still give it. I think that it's like, what do you mean consequences? I, I think it's blown. It's been blown out of proportion. And I also think, I'm thinking that it's going to end soon. Like, I, I have okay. this conversation all the time. I, I don't mean to. I'm trying not to be like flippant about it or anything because I know you're at like, mm. um, it, it's. It exists online, and we're starting to see, I think, that a lot of the their censorship, you can't say what you want, is just, it's babble online, and I think that once we top, stop taking it seriously, it will start to fade into the background. Sure, it exists somewhere, but no one's, I mean, do you know what I did this weekend? Did you, like, there was a guy, I, I got lucky enough, just happened to be at the right place at the right time, I was not scheduled to be... How do I? Because I'm. I will go off on tangents, so I'm trying to stay it's into right. your question. That's right. It's your show, pal. Well, I mean, the comedian that I worked with this weekend was one of the major guys who got canceled. Yeah, that's who I worked with. Like for yeah. one show, because I had to be in Buffalo for the other ones, but I happened to be there. They needed someone to right host on. real quick. Right I on. jumped on, and his hour was one of the hardest I've laughed. Mm-hmm. in a long time mm-hmm. it was good and he is free from at this point like what are you going to take from him yeah he lost like it was a big opportunity and now he's, he's doing more with it and Isn't it was ironic and it was <clears throat> it, it was fun to but here's i guess the thing is if you go if you went to see the show or if you don't even want to see the show there are a lot of people there who are like expecting him like hey man is he gonna you know is he gonna really late really is he said n-word kind of and they were mad because he's not a racist dude oh yeah so it was all made up online. Of course not. So both sides were like, one side was saying, you know, say whatever you want, dude. And the other side was like, he's a racist. And then everyone got there and they were like, he's not that at all. There are people who are like, is, he, is it not going to be offensive? Then the people on the, it's just like, it's just good comedy. But he is not being held back by, um, by the idea anymore because you can't, Yeah. He, there's no limit to what he can say. So he's just doing what he wants. And what has come out is not really offensive or terrible or anything. It's just... This is what mm-hmm. it is. So watching that this weekend, it made me feel like I think the idea that there's rules on what you can say is going to start going away. We're starting to see where it was bullshit, like everything you say is racial or racist yeah. and we're going to cancel you yeah. versus the freedom of speech. People are like, well, no one wants to hear your racist bullshit either. Both sides were acting like this big thing was existing. And what I kind of saw this weekend was it's all nonsense that's created online in the comedy club you're going to probably be able to say what you want and the people that are there are going to show up and they're going to like it or not and they're not going to go right and the tickets are going to sell no matter what 
Um, and they're going to get a shot to come back out and do more. Exactly. I don't think it's going to, I think that's going to go away. And that's the, that should ultimately be the determination of what, what works and what doesn't, who's had success, who doesn't. That's yeah. the, that's the, the natural order of things, right? There's a meritocracy too. And there's also, yes, the natural order of, yeah. I mean, that's how this business or the comedy business is supposed to work. So I don't think people are really going by the rules. I think that hack racist comedy bullshit doesn't make it because it's hack racist bullshit mm-hmm. and no one wants to really hear it. It's not good. Say what well, you will. Well, it's but not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. Right? And also the same token, <clears throat> super woke PC, whatever is nothing but grandstanding bullshit clapter. No and doubt. people are starting to be like, no we doubt. don't care about this either. So what's going to happen is good comedy is going to stick and it will persevere. The re- jokes will work. And an original point of view with jokes will work, but they won't, like, original point of view with no jokes isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And a point of view, whether it be left or right, absolutely. is not going to Absolutely. So it's, it's, and so I think that we made a big deal these last couple of years, people getting canceled, this and the other, that I think people are getting punched out on it. it doesn't, I think it's going to stop mattering. People are now just going like, you, you can't, shut up. You're not canceling me. Check out what you said that was stupid. And as it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning, the next people who are coming after us are going to start to see that this overreaction or overcorrection of not real things, you know, we're overcorrecting. Right? There's a lot of racist bullshit that exists in the world. And then mm-hmm. we're starting to call everything that. And the people who are going to, five years on the road, are going to go, that wasn't what that was. Don't try to mix that up and then lump all this into one category. Well, we go to extremes. Yeah. And that's, and it's also the rubber that, band effect. It's also laziness. That's lazy <clears throat> thinking. And, and it's easy because the anonymity of yep. the internet allows you to say whatever you want. And then it somehow carries weight when you don't deserve any weight to, you know. How does that get fixed or does it? I think it's, no, I think it's going to. No, I mean like the the anonymity of the web. Is it, you think that's going to? Oh, that's going to just exist. We could have verifications. You want no, a fax card for no, the no. internet? <laughs> that's pretty good. I I don't. People are going to realize that your anonymous bullshit, unwarranted opinion is just that. It's going to take time because we're in the like. Hopefully, the, it won't be interesting anymore. That's what I'm hoping happens. Yeah. Like we still find. Obviously, you find it amusing or like a fly to a, a flame or moth to a flame because we keep going to it. But at some point, it's I think not going to be interesting anymore, I, right? No, I, th- I think it's. I think that's what's going to happen, and that's what I think. I, I don't think there are rules anymore. I think we created that. I mean, there's there's certainly there have been consequences of people who have gotten in trouble, but I think that I've also seen a lot of for when you're if you do something shitty, then cancel the person. But the overreaching and trying to nail up the gotcha moment is starting everyone's starting to get catch be hip to it and go like relax loser like that's not i hope i, I hope. think so it's just it is ridiculous to me i mean to how dare we want to go back into the history of people and and attack things they might have said well, as a teenager or a preteen well, that's or, the one thing about the american society nuts. that it's we nuts. can't stand and this, and this, it goes back to the easiest, most analogy, or at least what I remember when it really made sense to me was, was steroids. Mm-hmm. If you look back, everybody knows in here they have flaws. That's why we think religious people are, we, we don't like the guy who's on the pulpit explaining things because yeah. he's saying like, I'm pure, I'm pure, I'm pure. And everybody knows deep down that they have their demons, they've done things wrong. So we don't like when somebody looks you in the eye and goes, well, you may have your problems. But not me. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that's inherent in our, in our nature. We all know that we have flaws. Right. And in steroids, everyone hates Barry Bonds because he went down going, 
never did steroids. Me? No. I'm just naturally the best. But then you have people like um, what An- Andy Pettit, mm-hmm. um, Mark McGuire later, um, mm-hmm. all, all mm-hmm. sorts of these people, Rafael Palmero, um, yep. and even lesser people who so, just, so. just were like, all right, I did it. And we're like, come on back, baby. We love you. We love a second chance. It's the people who look at you in the face and go, no, no, I'm better than you. No, you might have demons and you may have flaws. Uh, you oh, may that's have all Bonds would have had it done years ago. Just admit done. it. You submit it. Yeah, dude. He'd be in the Hall of Fame, though. And I love... And by the way, I want steroids in my sports. I want superhumans. I want dingers in the river every single time. I love it. I want superhumans playing my sports. But anyways, it's just... That's what it is. It's people who look you in the eye and say, I don't have that flaw like you do. Because we all know that we have that inside. And so, that's the the issue that... You well, know, that's insecurity. People that do that... Uh, whether it's online or in person, that they're don't admit mistakes. Kind of, yeah, they're, that's, that's the best gift you ever give yourself is <clears throat> admitting when you're wrong so you can 100%, 100%. grow. Hundred percent. I think that's what the way, that mean, has to be taught to you when you're young. Usually, it's hard to learn as an adult. You, know, you yeah, can, yeah. you can, but it's harder. It's the best thing that my one shitty stepdad taught me. It was like I accept wrong all the time, probably to a fault to where like I'm always looking out for where I did something wrong, where I should stick up mm-hmm. for myself more. Mm-hmm. But it's the one thing that like keeps you aware of where your shortcomings are and what you got to work on and no it doubt. keeps keeps you honest it also makes me angry when someone says that they don't have those problems yeah it's cool it's kind of funny to me life is gets life gets funnier and less um that angry the angry old guy thing that i'm not finding they're not finding uh growing older making me angry Seneca I just find things more funny now not that I'll laugh in people's faces I'll, we want to sometimes but it's just the irony of everything is just hysterical to me now things that might have pissed me off years ago I was just kind of like what's an example oh my god it could be something as simple as uh, you know, I, I cut off a guy yesterday and he pulls up next to me and he's just mother half of me like you cannot believe and then so my reaction it's one of the funniest things that happens to me i die of laughter yeah so so i find myself last couple of years when this happens on occasion when it actually happens when i fuck up i'll just kind of smile and laugh say, ah, sorry man. Said, we're not dead dude it's okay yeah, bro, we're good we're good but but years prior though oh, i would we- catch his anger and reciprocate that oh really oh yeah yeah, I, that, I don't know why. That's dangerous because you guys are in a missile. You guys are in danger. <laughs> the road is scary. I used to travel for a living. I'm a like I'm a rule follower. I will say there's something about Pittsburgh that's very funny. Yeah. I mean, I drove all over this area. I drive a lot. Rule follower. I do things by the books. I believe that's the one crazy thing that we do every day is to get into a car and drive. Well, we do. We, we need order. We need order, and there are rules because it. Ke- and we're just lucky that. I mean, it takes one psycho to be like, eh, "I'm not following the rules today," and people are dying. And every day we get out on the road, and we're just like, "Hope." I think I'm always yeah. like, "I hope everyone follows the rules out right. there." So, because right. if you, I know you're following the rules, then if I do it this way, I know you should do this way, and then we get there safely. Yeah, we anticipate here. We're going yeah. very fast and heavy things. We're going to die uh-huh. out there. So uh-huh. I do, but so I will say this about Pittsburgh. I drive all over the tri-state area. Okay. You guys are not bad drivers. Everybody thinks like the next town over is a bad driver. They're not bad drivers. Pittsburgh, especially considering how difficult it is to navigate through here. <laughs> you think? Very crazy. You guys are very good drivers. However, you're very fast 
to be angry at people, and it's hysterical to me. I've never seen so many unwarranted beeps and middle fingers of people. And it's not like, like you got to relax. This is going to happen. But and I love it. I find it. I used to do this. I used to just give people a thumbs up whenever I fuck up, <laughs> or if they were getting mad, I'm like, hey, 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 calm down. <laughs> no one likes to be told to calm down when you're pissed off. I do it constantly. People, I laugh so hard at it. Well, relax. I think one time I got into a fight. Uh, I almost got into a road rage incident. This guy did something wrong, and he pulled over his car. He pulled over his car, and I, I was like, yeah. Get out of your fucking car then. I'll beat your ass in front of your kids and then I'll marry your wife. And he was like, what are you saying to me? Guy was huge. He would have killed me. His wife came back, grabbed, he got out of the car, he's coming after me. His wife grabbed like, it's not worth it. And I was like, it could be worth it, dude. It, <laughs> it could, could be, be worth, worth it. it. <laughs> Give it a shot. Give it a shot, dude. And then he was like, fuck you. And it was in my small little town I grew up in. So funny. One of the most fun times I've ever had. <laughs> I totally bought into it. It was, it was I mean, it was... It, it was his fault. Well, it might have been, it been. It was kind of both of our faults that uh, we did it. He assumed something else and I, uh, that he shouldn't have, but I still had my turning signal on. It was very funny, though. <laughs> dude, try it out. Fucking give it a shot, dude. We don't know. You know, that's the thing oh, about man. fights, though. You don't know what somebody, somebody else can like is capable of. You're going to be a real psycho to get out. You don't know that if I have if exactly. someone has a gun. You crazy Especially person. Today crazy you want to get out of, like road rage yeah it's good that you're laughing at it because you see road rage instantly you don't know who you're dealing with out there people are insane what dude i remember when i was a kid uh, right underneath the Neville, underneath the um swickley bridge from Coriopolis to swickley the under ramp was falling these two and they cut each other off and they kind of stopped in the middle of the road and I, i'm like slowing down watching this and this guy gets out his car and he's got a batter instrument and the other guy gets out and I'm like I'm just watching this in front of my eyes yeah, no, thanks, and I'm dude. like yeah I, I don't want any parts of this <laughs> I gotta get out of here I, gotta, yeah, I gotta leave. used to like I used to like when I was little in Nuts. high school you always like to watch a fight I always I got wrestled I like fighting I like that you I like I liked fighting but I got older now like it <clears throat> anything like that I'd be like oh this is gonna be awesome now I'm like I don't like to see it it freaks me out I'll be like what if someone pulls out a gun or what if someone like breaks his face I can't watch it I'll leave there's too many so, unknowns now. I, I'm, I think it's like old guy weirdness now I'm just like afraid of I don't want to see people get hurt come like a pussy well I think we're quick to use implements like you know as a younger person fighting was with our fists it was rare as a kid you would hear someone grab like a a pipe or a bat or you hear in school now he, he pulled out a knife you know, everybody was getting beat up, and like you know, you're playing in the sand lot like an hour later. But the gun thing, we're just quick like to pull out an implement and having, cause damage. Having now. a gun is also a scary thing because you have way too much confidence. Well, no question. I had, I had a situation the other day. I was like, I shouldn't have a gun, dude. I don't fucking need this thing. I bought a gun for a bit too. Like I bought a gun because I was like. Phew. So it's for comic. a bit, for a bit, for sure, for a bit. Okay. I mean, I'm also like not like. I thought, well, <laughs> yeah, I just, things were going crazy. I was like, I'll buy a gun. I don't, like, I'm, I'm from the woods. I, most of the people I grew up, like, have guns. I'm not, I'm not going to be one who's like, guns are scary. Like, shut up. They're also very fun. That's the other thing about guns is they're a blast. Uh-huh. Like, not, pun was not attended. Don't do that. That was not what, they were fun. Um, but it was, I, I bought one for a bit and then I got a concealed carry because I was like something fun will come out of this and, that, and <laughs> shoot and it was my like, balls off <laughs> and I was like and I just wanted to like I wanted to have something that could like kind of poke the bear like poke everybody the yeah. bear a little bit yeah, and yeah. plus I got you know shoot some so um, I was thinking that I was driving to my house and um, you know, someone was following me 
And I was like, dude, I got it. I mean, where you? Where are you? I got my dog. I was like, I got it. I can go get my gut. And I was like, what's going on in your brain, dude? This was never there. And it was like, I've never taken it anywhere with me, by the way. I've never taken it. It's like, I did it for a bit. You know what I mean? I got a good joke out of it. It exists now. I have it. But there was a moment where I was like, he better not be coming in here because I, I could... I shouldn't. You should, we shouldn't have that stuff. It's scary. Well, it is a funny thing to me that when you're so anti-gun rights and you're so public about it with your, they put yard signs, anti-gun, anti-NRA yard signs. Why would you put a sign in your fucking yard telling the world that you hate guns, dude? I my friend was. What's like, the logic with that? My friend's like, so you uh, you live in a nice neighborhood. Why would you need a gun? And I was like, because you don't rob people who don't have shit. What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Well, you, it's, it's a crazy thing. You know who should you should rob the people who don't have the gun in the house. Yeah, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a, I don't believe in gun rights sign in my front yard just as, so I can invite people in and hopefully enact, enact the castle people doctrine. Do that, though they do. I mean, it's just nuts to me. Like no. So uh, identity, I don't know. They call it identity politics, but just the 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 need for people to identify with groups or what they believe or what they don't like. It's never things they like. It's what they don't like. Mm. Why is that a thing? Like, just especially the last four or five years, not because of the election. We, that's an, that's, an, that's, that's yeah. an easy assumption. It's deeper than that. Why are we so willing to put, like, identities on, on, on a T-shirt, label it, pins, hats? Why do we have to show folks who we're with? Because we've marketed our lives. Because yeah, we've, I mean... We, we everything is marketed now, so it's just it's I don't know because we're psychos. Right, Everyone so wants to be a team. It's just probably some it's tribalism and nationalism. Now okay. we just do it on a much smaller level, and we've been okay. marketed to. So let me give you the dichotomy. The dichotomy would be that would you not agree that? Um, and I found this out uh, for two decades, marketing specialized, customized retail things. Okay. People love to feel special. They want to mm. buy something unique, something cool, something. Their neighbor doesn't have. They yearn that individuality. Most people do, I think, with sure. their purchases, their clothing. They have that thing going on. They want that. Look at me moment, right? They want sure. that. At the same I time, do stand up comedy. I know but that. At the same time, they're so quick to join a team. It's like a, that, that two sides of the brain to me. I don't see how they communicate. Do you ever see punk rock kids when you're younger? They're like, I'm an individual. Like, Why do you look like all your friends? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, good point. Why do you got to why do you, belong? Why do you look like you got like a punk rock starter kit? Like, what do you? You guys all have the same look to you? Because I didn't get along. Like when we were younger, me and my bandmate, we played in bands with together. We didn't look like all the punk rock kids. And I was like, it was like an ad. We liked the music. We liked the message and right. stuff. Right. But we didn't look the part. And we played sports, or we mm -hmm. did, you know. So mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to be part of the club. And I was like, for such individuals. <laughs> What a weird way to do it. I don't know why people do identity policy. You got to have something because people don't read enough books probably. Maybe. I don't know. Who reads anymore? I wish I did more. Probably on my goddamn phone too much. Does no one, is that, is readership down? Are people not reading I as much? I think so. I think audiobooks are a big thing. Podcasts. I used to, I used to read a lot and I don't anymore. Like, like I mean, I was always reading. I think we're being inundated. Well, I do, I do think this. I do think that feel dumber I too willing, i bet you though on one positive the web has caused i bet child illiteracy has been knocked on its ass because the devices have encouraged kids at a young age to learn to read because everything you do on that phone is yeah. reading constantly so maybe that and there's some small way 
the web or the introduction of the web to to children in this particular generation has probably been a positive in that but it had to have, it had to have killed literacy it had to have are we do you have anything <clears throat> to back this up or are you spin no i'm just hell yeah i'm just throwing this out <laughs> all right i mean, I mean do we got we need to get someone in the studio who just checks this stuff why don't you where's our jamie at <laughs> jamie uh rogan's got that jamie guy that, oh jamie does. oh okay yeah yeah well, I, I don't have a jamie i'm poor i, I don't have an assistant here Dude, we should we got major intern for free you know my son wouldn't come on this show if his life depended on it. he thinks i'm nuts Dude, well, if you beat him up and forced him to, <laughs> I mean, what choice does he you have? You haven't seen my son. <laughs> I heard he was six foot four. Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> I heard he <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, identity politics stink. We all do it kind of in... Is that what it is? Identity politics? I mean... Uh, or, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 just the, the conversation... Tribalism. Just, like, we just feel like we... I thought rooting for a team was the closest thing I'd ever come to wanting to, like, get together with people and, like, you know, cheer on a unified thing, right? But... I don't give a fuck who you what? voted for. Everybody, I think I don't care what you, your stance on abortion is. It's not my business. I don't care. Yeah. So I don't oh, care for sure. about that stuff. It's uh, it's the the high I'm special generation. I mean, we're every and I it's guess. and it's not generation. I think it's it's people who exist right now. There's a everyone's a cel- like a cost. That's why I hate Warhol. How about that? So that right here in Pittsburgh. What's up, guys? Nothing bothered me, and I liked it when I was younger because I was. Because I like the idea of pop, and I like what mm-hmm. that. But the the bullshit of like everyone's going to be famous for fifteen minutes. That's that phrase or whatever exactly. That's not verbatim. It's such a shitty way. Like it's such an anti intellectual no garbage question. garbage thing to say. And he was proud of that stuff. Like people are like he is this. Cra-. No, he was like about marketing and pop, and he it was cool that he did it. And he made you see the art and things that weren't always. I get all that, but the idea that everyone gets to be famous for fifteen minutes is why we have probably why we have the i this obsession with ourselves and with joint climbing on glomming on rather mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. other people is because. Mm-hmm. We all are special. We're all special. And I'm special because I like this thing. I'm special because I associate with this. And then the next evolution of that. that's not what makes you special. Yeah, that's the thing. Exactly I, right. Kids don't get that. That's, You're absolutely right. You joining other people doesn't make you special. Yeah, you're understanding this is a specific your, your own thing, uni- individuality. Sure. That would make you unique and special. Because everyone's a celebrity. Everything, every celebrity and everything I do is cool. I mean, you're not an influencer for a protein drink? Is that you're not your bag? No. On social I, media? I, <laughs> dude, I've gotten so fat. Eric, you don't know how fat I, I I've been putting on weight, and I haven't really done a lot to stop either. I, I have lost a lot of weight recently, but like I'm not working that hard at it. I found out that I had high cholesterol the other day. That was a bummer. And instead, they're like, "You got to stop eating like this," and I was like, "Maybe I'll stop. I'll start exercising more." I got up. To, I got. I got. I gained 40 pounds. Through COVID, you gained 40. Hell yeah. Wow. 40 pounds. The COVID 40. 40 pounds. Right around yeah. my waist. I only gained around my waist. It was like yeah. when I was bent over, like I feel like the fat was jamming in my lungs. I couldn't breathe. It was pretty intense, dude. <laughs> and I was like aware of it. I was like, I'm getting fat. I don't give a shit. I used to be in great shape, like half marathons for fun. Workout. Oh, no shit. I used to work out two times a day. I mean, I was a psycho. I loved it. And that's what I was saying. The Rock's addicted to it because I just was addicted to, yeah. for years, maybe for like a decade, better part of a decade, I just was, I'm going to, I was doing Oh, I get everything. the endorphins. I get all that. But I mean, he's an, ex- that's yeah. an extreme. I mean, he has to. But no, I'm not an influencer. <laughs> I got fat. I don't do a lot on the internet. I get told I don't do enough on the internet. In terms of care. what, marketing your, yourself? Yeah, because like people, I'm not, because yeah, people believe 
they're going to be famous. And I'm like, I do. Where did that delusion come from? Because everyone's special. You know how you said, and it goes back to the punk rock thing, what you said about this podcast is that I only do things and if something cool happens, then it fucking happens. And that's it. That's the way I look at comedy. Mm -hmm. That's the way I looked at music when I was younger, when I Mm -hmm. played in a band. Mm -hmm. And it's the way you're doing this thing. Hey, if something cool comes out of it, it does. But I'm doing this because I like to do it. So when it comes to Until it isn't fun anymore. And then if it starts feeling sad and weird, then I'm done. And that's why I don't do, like, because you should, you're going to make it, you're going to be big, and, and you make it now by using social media. So many people have used that to catapult their career, and I don't care about it, so I'm not going to do it uh, because I'm not worried about being famous. You're not doing. You're not going to get famous here in Pittsburgh. And so I'm like, then I don't need to really hammer home my social media. No one needs to know what the fuck I do when I do it. Here's the, I just be like, I got to do it so you know I post some shows so it looks like I still exist. I post pictures of my dogs, sometimes some sandwiches, and then when I have shows, and that's like the extent of it. That's all I do. I, I, I enjoy social media, the connectivity of it all, and, and the humor. I, I don't, I could care less who you're voting for, who's pissed off about a bike lane, who's pissed off about. I mean, it isn't that there aren't great causes out there, they're just not my causes, and I'm kind of fucking indifferent. Yeah. most things so that's okay I mean but it is what it is I I just don't want to join up in your crusade for this or that make any sense I, I don't, I don't you care you sound like that. you're a crusader for not giving a shit I love the word indifference yeah. I know it's a broad word but I just I, I, just, <laughs> I like to be thought of as a dude who doesn't have an opinion <laughs> Yeah, but I have plenty. I just don't oh, think I, I want to share it with somebody. Yeah, you know? I know damn well. I, I'll listen to your opinion though. Yeah, I love I hearing it. If, I, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, I don't want to listen to everybody's opinion, but I want. I'm okay on the conversational wow. to find out where people are coming from for sure. But the, the masses, it's like the election's a joke to me. Like so, the idea of a political election uh, is is pretty simple. If more people feel. A certain way about one person as opposed to another person then the person that's more popular wins we run our life that way yeah but we don't in a way because we're also very sensitive to uh, minority groups of people not being uh, bl- like blental you know or not getting bludgeoned to death by the oh. majority so it's funny we we rule by majority mm-hmm. in terms of our our representative democracy but we really don't. It isn't yeah, like Rome, you know, where it's like, you know, you raise your hand, or, you know, it's yay or nay, and then kill them. I mean, it's <laughs> the majority, you know, we're not tribal that way. Yeah, I mean. It's really interesting. You shouldn't think about it. Not very much of a representative democracy as we think. Is no, that what you're it's not. Me? Well, tell it, me, you're telling me this isn't. Well, a, it isn't a pure democracy, that's for sure. Oh, hell no. But that hasn't been for so long. We just tell ourselves that. Yeah. I just salute the flag. Say you're my president. They're all my presidents. Every one of them. Yeah, I'm a patriot as the next person. I just want. I just want to be nice to people. Just be kind to people. You respect respect the fact that you probably aren't going to dig most of the things people do, but just let them do it. As long as they're not hurting anybody. Sure. What difference does it make? That's a that's a pretty easy way of like maneuvering life, right? I, I should have figured so. this out like 30 years ago. It would have been made much better. Not just you know where it end times, dude. It's the end of it. You think? Yeah, for sure. You think so? Well, oh yeah, for no, I don't know for an end times. I one hundred percent believe in that, this generation or how many more generations? Oh, I don't know. God, I'm I, I'm not a smart man. Um, <laughs> I to even posit 
I, I, to even posit how many generations to listen. Well, I would say that we're not the number. I think that we're uh, we are in our twilight as uh, the preeminent. And then it'll, it'll reset. Yeah, I think we. I think China's gonna have a good time coming up. I saw that they were uh, pumping up nuclear weapons, and I was like, "There you go. That's what the big dog does, dude." You say, "You come in, you say I get nukes, you don't," and that's what the big guy does. So when I saw that, I go, "Oh, they're finally just going like, no, we will take rest control, rest power from." Because it used to be like an we don't can we not talk import export. It's kind of funny though. It's, kind of funny, though. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it's you know. I, I don't I don't know when for an end times I, I think that it's all very ugly and I would like to just try to get to the make Is enough it, money where I can di- I can disappear and everyone could go away would be nice for me it depends on what okay so take a step back from the conversation and look at it this way for just a moment humor me like if there's an earthquake in California and you're in space looking at it you don't see much Right, you know, the, I, where I'm going with this is, and there's a point when you remove yourself from the internet, which we call it, this internet connectivity, and how it interacts with us, even sitting here, or us going to the market or whatever. Sure. That's the reality we've created for ourselves. Yeah, I don't believe the internet's that real either. If that's Th- where you're that's kind of where I'm going with it. Yeah. So, so when oh, I oh yeah, I don't back, think that shit is when real. I step back from it. If you look on a broader picture of how we're all maneuvering every day, going about our business, going to the shows, you know, hanging out with our kids or our friends or whatever, if you look at it on a big picture, you know, most people are probably getting along, not yeah. killing each other. Oh, for I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, everything's but we, But we really go deep down and get into the emotional part of it unnecessarily at times. We're wearing the pain of everyone else. Yeah, exactly. maybe too much. Yeah, you know? maybe I was being a bit hyperbolic, saying we're in end times. Uh, well, no, I no, mean, we might be. No, I mean this. And I, I went off the tangent about being. I'm just saying, you know, if you look at the Earth doing a tragedy and you're far away enough from it, it you really isn't. You don't see a tragedy. Yeah, you know that's not good either. I guess sometimes, but yes, I mean, that. that, that <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, would you have known that uh, you know a, a, a catastrophe is happening if you're that far away? If a tree falls in the woods. No. Maybe, maybe no. that's a good analogy. But that reality that I'm referring to is the reality that are is the web and the web's interconnectivity with us moving around every day. Is that the reality? No, it's not. I no, don't no, think no. it is. No, either. I think it's all bullshit. No, no, I don't. I, th- I don't think we hate each other as much. I don't think that we. That's my point. I don't think that we're really. It's not as problematic as it is. Everything's serving some purpose to somebody, and we're ingesting. And it goes back to what we're saying in the beginning. We're ingesting media in a very new way. And I just think that we don't know how to understand it yet. And hoping the next people will be like, hey, hey, you were doing that. You were listening to that a little bit wrong because you were starting to take on what you're kind of saying, taking a lot of frustration and pain because you were getting marketed frustration and pain. But if you just log off the internet, you look around, not everybody's trying to kill everybody all the time. It's not as bad as you think it is. And Seneca, it's not the end times. But for the purposes of being funny (laughs) and having a good time with it, I'll talk about it as if the end of the world's happening tomorrow, just for years. I'll do anything for a fucking joke, Eric. I don't care. 
like we're being very deep here at times, but it's I good though. I mean, it's good. I I will be saying some things that I don't mean here. I promise. I probably already said a few that I like I'm full of shit on just for fun. I know I've made up a couple of facts in my mind <laughs> <Me> already. <too. laughs> I'm I'm winging it. We're just gonna. But you it know. sounds so good. You, know, you sound when you say Listen, with that's authority. because you, it sounds good to us because we're egomaniacs who like the sound Is of our it? voice. Is that it? You have a radio show and I do stand up comedy. Yes, we love I the sound think of our you're voice. Right. Yeah, yeah. we're. I'm ready to admit that there's a level so, of vanity involved. Oh, that. I need attention real bad, Eric. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I never it's wanted to admit that, but there has to be a component to doing a podcast. I'm over acting like I don't have problems or that I'm not a goofball. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a very real thing. I have, I have, you know, I talk too much. I need attention. I can probably, and my therapist that I don't go to anymore could probably, you know. It was. It's not hard to figure out why I act the way I do, and what comes out the, is all this mess. What comes out this side is I really love attention, right on. and uh, and my favorite way to get attention is uh, through joking around, and so I do this stuff. So, why do comedians become comedians? What's the over the broken? Over... They're broken and they're See, weird. They all say the same. Nah, thing. I mean the but... broken tends, comes up a lot. Well, they're broken um, in what way? To different. It's it depends. I think they are, but I mean, there's also people who are totally that are more healed than talking about. I think there's something weird about you when you get up on stage. My grandmother also said to me when I was younger, um, one of my grandmothers, like a step grandma, she liked to do local theater, and she's like, "Listen, Seneca, here's the thing: if you get up on stage, it's because you have an ego." And she was saying this as like a 70 year old woman who like knew herself. She's like, "Listen, I get up there because I like the attention on me." Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, she knew I, I like the attention on me. I think it's just me personally. I can't speak for other people while they're broken. I know I'm broken because I grew up in a dysfunctional family with a lot of siblings, mm-hmm. and I was searching for acceptance and love in a lot of different ways. And I found the first and immediate way that I knew that I was predisposed to getting attention uh, or I was better at it than other people was I was goofy or made jokes Got and it. that's it that's the whole breakdown i mean i know that's how i'm broken in a way i right on. it's not i mean my i've mom has been married and divorced a lot of times a lot of a lot of different stepdads i have a lot of siblings i grew up um very uh, poor and mm-hmm. in a rural community mm-hmm. away from a lot of things not hard to figure out why like i went hey i'm special too you know i felt yeah. that i had something i and i wasn't being recognized for it for whatever it was Got and it. i wanted to say i have something Okay. I have something too. Maybe I don't have the money that you need to have to get people's attention. Maybe I don't have the so I don't have the good family that's going to put me here. Mm-hmm. I don't have the uh, the wherewithal. I don't. I'm. You're not going to see me. I'm not from a city. I don't. So I was constantly just being like, no, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Right. And I'm just here. Is just a prof- comedy has just become a professional version for me of being of validating myself. Comedy every single second is or every ten seconds for me. Depending on how you do comedy. It's a validation. Okay. If you're doing it. Okay. You're there's science. How many times you make people laugh and certain right. and right. and it's the it's the you're doing. I need to know that you guys like me every 15 seconds. <laughs> every 15 seconds. And and if I don't get every 15 seconds, I'm like, you guys don't like me. What's going on? And that's what I internalize that. And it's okay. tough. That's bombing. So I I'm broken that I need that. Um, other comedians to your bigger question. I don't know. I think it's similar. Okay. I think it's similar, wanting to be liked. First show, do you remember it? First show or first open mic. Okay, how about first open mic first? First open mic, yeah, I remember it, yep. 
What about it? What about it? Do you remember? Were you uh, scared? I know that, uh, and I always wanted to do stand-up comedy, but I didn't live in the city. Okay. Uh, my friend was like, would you, what, just do, you're funny, do the do this open mic. It was in Buffalo, New York, a place called Milky's, doesn't matter. And I got up on stage and had a couple of jokes. One joke that I still use to this day, that's in a very different version. Um, remember the jokes I did? Uh, I got a couple of laughs. I was also doing some the joke is very good from a written standpoint, but okay. the perspective was very bad. He's like, when you're new, you just say bad jokes. They're just, it, people don't, a lot of new comics, and I'll make this quick. The That's all right. Comics, new comics don't understand that a joke is a surprise to somebody, ultimately what it is. Okay. You set things up. It's like a magic trick. I didn't know that was there, but it was. But you do it with words. That's what right. it is. So it's something that is out of place. And what often happens with new comics is they say taboo or extreme things because it's out of place in normal discourse. And they confuse the idea that saying something fucked up is not a part of discourse because it kind of sounds, if you listen, it sounds like it's a surprise, but it's not a joke surprise. Okay. All you're doing is saying something that should not be said and you're like, isn't that a punchline? No, you're just not good enough or understanding enough that that's not a punchline. I understand. It, so I was doing things that did have a punchline, but I was saying things that are very dark and unnecessary <laughs> because I was like, oh, isn't that crazy? I shouldn't be saying this. And it's truly, it's a, it's a mark. And I mean this, it's a mark of a truly, uh, not a bad, com- a new comic. An amateur. An amateur. Right. It, it's And every comic, I do it. Every comic that comes out there is like, I say it like it is. You can, it's like, no, no, you're bad at this <laughs> is the truth you don't and every comic loves themselves so much it's the ego and they come out and they think they know everything right. they want attention immediately they want all the showtime immediately and you don't deserve it because you're not good everybody every every professional comic right now is like I sucked for years yeah. but then you meet every me myself every open mic comics like I should be headlining a year in it's like you won't know how truly bad you are because you're first off most open mics 90% of them quit within a year or two years when they realize that it wears off yeah. they're actually not going to be famous they're not special and they're like right. this isn't fun anymore right, right, right. but most comics that make it past that if you make it to year three four it's so embarrassing to look back at what you did so I remember my first mic one joke in some iteration still exists and it's one of the more it, and I don't like doing it it's a good joke now but it's like it's ugly it's not who I really am okay um, so I remember that and I was hooked and then I, I did that forever so that's my yes that's I remember exactly what I was I remember who I was with um, it went okay alright how was that your first real gig first real gig is a good story mm. well well first I can trace everything back. Do you want the first club gig or the first... They all mean different things. How about both? Okay. I can tell you the first time that I got... We still do... First time I got paid, right? First time I got paid. That's a gig. Well, I know. All right. Here's it. The first thing that I did was I did a show in Buffalo uh, at a place called Nietzsche's. Okay. The oldest running mic, and uh, this one guy, uh, and I did I did a set, I did one joke, and this guy who ran something at the club, um, who ran a show. It wasn't he didn't work it. He just, he did he was a host for a show, right. and he booked the people. He was like that was a good joke, and would you like to do the club? And so I did that club, and I did well in there, and then I got my first 
gig from that first first okay. show that I ever did. That was that was it. Okay. Um. And then the first show I did, and this is pretty. This is a good story because it's a bomb story. <laughs> the first club gig that I did, and it was very lucky. Um, the club in Buffalo is Helium Comedy Club. It's a national yeah. chain. It's mm-hmm. an A level club. Mm-hmm. It's a great club. Um, and all their whole chain, their management, I love them. No, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to it. They've given me more opportunities. I mean, I was there this weekend. Right. You know, I was working for working for them. Right. Um, they run a good ship, and they saw me off off that show that I got booked on from that from that one smaller one. And they ten months into comedy, they gave me a shot in the clubs. Not a normal thing. It's mm-hmm. it's very fast. I wasn't good enough for it, but I think they saw that I cared a lot. I was okay. driving from Pittsburgh. I was living in Pittsburgh and for nine months straight I drove every single week to Buffalo mm-hmm. to sleep on my friend's couch mm-hmm. to do their the, the club's open mic Got it. and another open, that Milky's open mic that Got I said. It. Got I did I slept on a couch and I lost money and I went back and forth every single week to do that. And um people were like, how did you get in the clubs? I was like, because I traveled f- Eight hours right. every single week and slept on a couch right. to do free open mic time and bomb in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> but so they saw that the club manager saw that and he was, he gave my first weekend, which is like that's the you start out, you host, then you feature, yeah. then you headline. Yep. You want to get and you want to you probably do lower clubs and you want to get into the better clubs. This is a good club, and they gave me ten months in uh, an opportunity to open up for a guy named Tony Hinchcliffe oh, recently. Yeah. Oh yeah. Recently, of cancel fame or whatever the hell we're t- calling it, of he made some. He's been um, on Rogan a bunch of times too, I think. Yeah, and he yeah, so he he's been in the news for for a whole other story that is I don't even care to get yeah, involved in or, or to speak up, but um, he he was just coming up. He was on Rogan. People knew him from Rogan and from Roast uh, Roast Battle, and uh, good comedian. And I I was very new, and. This is the story. This is like my best bomb, like one of the be- best bombs I've had. Um, I'm 10 months in. I don't deserve to be there, but they gave me the opportunity because they said, All it right. looks like he's trying hard. He's coming up here every week. He's trying. It's cute. <laughs> my cousin is a uh, is an NFL linebacker. Okay. He works here. He plays for Washington. He's starting. He, his, he came, rookie year was also Devin Bush's rookie year. Oh, right on. Sorry, Pittsburgh. He had more uh, solo tackles than is Devin his Bush. Name? His name is Cole Holcomb. Okay. Very good. Very good. And my my if any of my family watches, they're gonna be so pissed about this stuff. <laughs> um so my dad it's not like I have a great relationship with my father. I first have to preface it with right. this, right? And uh I shouldn't be telling the story. Um <clears throat> so my first real club hosting gig, the week before that, my cousin's playing like in his senior bowl game or okay. something at UNC, and my dad gets in. And my dad did not grow up with my father. Uh, not a strange, like he lived out of state, was, wasn't there. It wasn't a weekend dad. It wasn't even like a more like you. It, was, it wasn't like that. It was like, mm-hmm. see him maybe on a holiday yeah. kind of thing, and yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. once for the summer kind of, that's it. Um, so we have a great relationship now. The, he basically flies the whole family down to see like senior day for my for my cousin. Okay. Right. The next weekend is my first opportunity at an A level club. Okay. Hosting. Okay. Very big for me. Who I I never I always wanted to do comedy. I finally got the opportunity. I'm getting this opportunity. This, right. And this is a big deal to me. All right. Right. And uh, I call up my dad and I'm like, Hey, can I come? 
this is a big deal to me you know everyone knows that i'm obsessed with comedy at this point that's all i do i'm you know and he's like yeah i don't know how oh, man we just, we all just went down to cole's game last week <laughs> and i got some i gotta go down the river and do some mowing and stuff i just don't think i got enough time and i was like you're a cunt like, you know that? Like, wow. I, I, I get because he's going to be an NFL star and you're a glory boy. Like, and you're like, like, look at my, and I'm just doing this little thing. But like, so you are going to get the whole family fly him down because this is a much bigger deal uh, to people outside of the family. Yeah. To you guys, yeah. this means a lot because this looks good. Our future NFL linebackers, I, he, I'm related to him. But when your son is doing something that means a lot to him, yeah. that's doesn't involve moving the whole family, that's two and a half hour drive or three hour drive like you gotta mow the lawn <laughs> eat shit and die dude forever like fuck you like I, I give you enough liberties in my life it was that kind of thing so we get into a blow up and again I can't read it or my dad and I have a great relationship now. We really do. Um, I make a lot of jokes about him at his expense I run him by him uh, people love the jokes so I go it's my first show I walk out on stage and he's like I'm gonna come I was like don't no you're not coming don't you dare fucking come all right? right so i come out on stage and first time ever being to like a and this is like a big uh, seats probably like 250 275 right on. right on first time new comic hosting never done it before and i go out on stage front row right in front of me sitting by himself looking like he's been crying the whole drive there couldn't concentrate at all oh, i shit. go out there i go start i start doing the jokes I, i'm doing all right for like the first six minutes but the whole time like i can't believe he sat right here what is he i can't believe that he's sitting right there and doing this and i do the one joke that i was telling you that i did originally that's like not it's a good joke but it's a bad joke got it and it's certainly bad for a host to do it and I go into that joke and the fucking needle rips off and people are like, whoa, not appropriate, dude. And deservedly so. It's not a host joke. And my dad was there and I just bombed crickets for four straight minutes. Just Ugh. because you only do 10 minutes. And it was painful. And it taught me a lot of lessons. One, okay, don't be an edgelord idiot. Two, you got a lot of work. You're not that good. And three, tell your family... To sit in the back, don't sit in the front, <laughs> especially after you got into a fight because you because you're feeling like you're not loved enough. You know what I mean? So that was my first. The that was front my first row, front row, and my family all knows. Like, don't sit in the front. They all know if they come to a show, which I don't. I'm like, don't come if you don't want to. Well, front rows for hecklers, right? Well, people don't heckle. Talk about that, hecklers. You never had to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How do you deal with hecklers? Um, do you enjoy it? No, no one enjoys it. It's, it's not an enjoyable thing. Uh, so that's uh, the ones that say that they enjoy it is a misnomer. For sure, they're so full of shit. Okay. Who said they liked it? Okay. Matt Some. Light. Matt Light would say he liked it. <laughs> Matt, Matt probably does because his whole thing is based on like shitting on the audience stuff. So he probably has twenty to thirty jokes for everything that anyone's going to say. So it's probably like fun for him because they'll say something. He he's good at that stuff. Okay. So is is he one of the ones who said yeah. it? For sure, he did. Come on. He he likes it because that's his whole style. Um, I think most comics think it's it's a bullshit thing. You work in writing. There's there's beats to what you're doing. It's not yeah. funny. As, it's yeah. Stand-up comedy is a lot closer to theater dorkism than it's writing. Right. And it's performing. And it's timed and everything. everything it's timed. Is, so of if you choreographed do it, to a degree, right? Absolutely choreographed. Right. It's, we're doing a magic act. It's all it is. It's a word magic act. And so every little beat and everything matters. So anything. 
what's almost worse is sometimes hecklers are being positive but it can throw you off people don't usually yell out and try to be a part of the show unless you're doing vfws if you're at a club <laughs> that's where they do it, vfw halls and like the rural shows you'll get hecklers because they're like it makes the show fun and that's what they do and and it doesn't <laughs> you just you put them out of the way well, but clubs they don't put up with that shit they'll kick you out yeah you start doing that they get out of here i mean my, my worst heckler sometimes is just my friend who gets too drunk at the shows he's been heckled me the most he's my very best friend he i'm like he knows the rules how do still... you dismiss him during the show oh i mean he's i was like that, you he doesn't do anything that's that good so he it's not really hard because everyone's like on your side yeah so if a heckler says something mean or yeah. shitty yeah like you just take a beat and then like you don't attack them in a mean way right away they they're gonna be on your side because they know that it, comedy club people are now smart fans got it if someone yells out, they know that it's a heckle situation, right. and they're immediately on my side for the most part. As long as I don't give them a reason to like the other guy more, you fucking idiot, shut the fuck. That they'll be like, oh wait, wait, that's not it. But if you're just like, oh, that's hurtful, like I'll just be like, is that hurtful? What do you, what do you say? <laughs> and normally, the, if they keep going, I can, I'll like, ask them something, and if they're heckling enough, they're usually going to say something that's just not exactly what I asked, and I'll just be like, that's not even close to the question dipshit and then everyone likes it you know and then it usually goes away i ignore people when they first try i'll talk over top i have a microphone talk over them, but it, it doesn't happen near as much as people outside of comedy think do it you does. do intentional crowd work um like do you analyze the first row there and do you engage them at all uh it well it depends on what you're doing if you're a host you shouldn't it's not what you should it's not it's understood okay it's real you, the crowd work is for headliners even feature acts don't really do it in clubs because it's um, it's the right that you've earned by being the headliner. Because crowd work, if you're really, really good at crowd work, and you're good. Crowd work in general is looked down upon. It's easy because it to make somebody laugh and to get a crowd on your side, people need context to not understand you. They need to feel like they're a part of it. It's part of the magic act. You think okay. there's a conversation happening between us. Okay. So now you're invested. And when I say this thing that surprises you, you're like, you're all the way in. Crowd work is you're all the way in. They, they feel like they're right a part of it. They feel like you're getting something organic. A lot of crowd work people will write like fake and organic moment to say the joke they've said a okay. hundred times. Okay. You know? So a lot of times, it's not, there are great crowd work people and people who are good at crowd work are good at it it's not knocking people who do it the general perception is it's cheating it's fake you get bigger pops from crowd work because it, everyone feels like they're in the moment you're doing something with them it's hard to go from crowd work into written material because it starts to sound a little bit more rehearsed mm. and so it, it okay. fades that's why people fall into like doing crowd work because you're like ah, oh, this is great I can, and then because the pops are harder and better I will look at the crowd in front I will notice what's going on in the area and I will make a couple of jokes in my mind or a couple of things and if it works out then I do as far as intentional crowd work I sometimes will ask a question that just leads into a bit so that way it sounds like I'm got just it. oh they got me on some stuff but it's all planned and usually if I ask somebody in the front row a question I will ask one of five questions they're going to go one of three ways and I have something to say about each one of them Okay. and that's it's it's still kind of planned. I'm not a straight crowd work guy. There are people who do that, you know, will engage and, and they're very funny. I like to have, I like to play poker 
not ru not roulette mm -hmm. because I know what hands I have. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to play the slots. That's the smart way. I'm not going to play. I, I'm, a, I'm a big pussy. I don't take <laughs> a lot of chances. People who like play like on chance, like hopefully I win. It's like I want to know. I want to stack the deck. If I can stack well, the of deck, course. of course, of course. So I try to stay in that lane. So no. Are I mean, there any uh, comedians in your sphere or any national comedians that literally are? so good that they're spontaneous from night to night with no I mean was Robin Williams able just to get up and, and just go for like 90 minutes just no because he used the, other people's he used other people's bits and then by the end of his career started writing checks for all the stuff he stole from people I didn't know anything about that is no. that true 100% he felt really bad about it oh no shit yeah he because he was all like stream of consciousness right and a lot of it was him being natural but like he, it's a I don't know how prevalent it was i'm not a robert williams fan obviously so I, not. I don't know well, okay no no i didn't say anything i didn't say i didn't like him i just said these are the facts no yeah I, I i had no reason to doubt you i just didn't know that apparently yeah apparently like he did a lot of a lot of stuff that would when he would just be stream of thought that would just come out and like oh that happens to be very similar to a bit over here and later on in life Got it. Uh, god rest his soul because i mean he tortured guy which sucks and yeah. and truly he was a, like a genius the way he did. I mean, to, to his delivery, his delivery, and his buying into what he was doing was insane. You could follow where his brain was going. Like, that's not easy to do. You're like, oh, I get why he's doing it, but it seems crazy. It, it but when you really look at it, you're like, oh, it's not crazy. I know exactly why he went to this, and you could follow his brain and what he was doing. Okay, and you could laugh at it. But yeah, at the end of his career, um, he was like writing checks to some people. Huh. I wonder saying, if like, that played into his uh, depression. Maybe. Nah, I think he probably. I don't. You just always have it, kind of. You're always saddled with it to some degree. Well, at least he fessed up, and I mean, did, yeah. did anyone call him out? I mean, I know Rogan got in that big tanglement with uh, Mencia, right? Yeah. That was, I mean, I don't know a lot about that outside of Rogan just accused him of stealing jokes and. Sure. But that kind of killed Mencia's career, didn't it? Uh, maybe. He still tours. Does he? Yeah, still tours. Sells places out. Okay. Does, I mean, I don't. Never meant to see a guy, so I don't know. But I know he still he still tours and does stuff, makes money. Um, okay. I don't think that Robin Williams, uh, he was well liked. I mean, he can't. I don't think that contributed. I have no hackiness to be honest. Does anyone that you know can just there's a few people. Wing it there's no no one completely wings it. Nobody nobody. Chappelle, no one. No no they're all they're all writers. Everyone everyone's a writer deep okay. down to do it. I think there's there's some people who there's a guy named Todd Barry who does tours. Um, where he does full things. Um, there's a guy named Big J Okerson who's does crowd work uh, albums. Both those guys both do crowd work. Fuck, amazing. I mean, these guys are like top of the top. Big J Okerson is one of my favorites. He has a crowd work album where he's just he's just so naturally funny in conversation. It's better than anything I write. Okay. Or, um, Todd Berry did that. There's a comic I worked with named Adam Ray, um, who I think he's coming out when he does a lot of crowd work stuff. And um, the ability to like ask somebody a question and pull that thread and get so much out of it, those guys, and then a guy named Ian Bag. Okay. Um, those are off the top of my head four people who do it. Now all of those guys also one hundred percent have albums where they write stuff. And right. I don't mean it's telling the magic tricks, but they they, they know kind of. We're not as original as we think as people. <laughs> Crowds not as original as people you're gonna say similar things and smart funny people have been doing it forever can intuit what's gonna happen there right. and know what's funny and people in the crowd are not used to having the cameras on them so they fuck up a lot when they you say stuff 
They usually say awkward things. That's what I try to take advantage of. If they say, they're going to say something stupid. You ask them enough questions, they're going to trip up. Okay. All of a sudden, you know, it's, it's you. And I have spent this time being able to speak in front yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I turn it on right. you, right. who has 400 people around you, and I start asking you a couple of questions, and all of a sudden, you start to realize, oh, everyone's listening to me. I'm not used to this. Eh, you'll slip up. You'll say something dumb or you're not what you th- you're not you don't have any time to think about it. Right. Eh, you hammer them. But those guys, those four guys that are much they're doing more than that. They're Who just, of the elder comics, let's say from the 60s, 70s and 80s do you listen to or do you listen to any of them? Who do you admire? Who do I admire from the 60s, 70s and 80s? Take, go go back, go back to uh, not Lenny Bruce was probably the start of those the 50s I think, right? If I'm honest, like everybody will come up here and be like, Lenny Bruce, dude, Carlin, Pryor. Mm -hmm. I like all of those guys in that they influence people that I like. Got it. So I never, if I'm being honest, even like with music, I don't go too far back. I I like people who've been influenced by these people. It's like, and I'm sure that it's great. I don't go, I don't go crazy for it. I mean, I think I've listened to, it's also hard because things don't age great all the time like true you see and, and not, not not like from a like you can't talk about this just like um styles of comedy change and what makes people laugh as a like as a people we don't laugh as easily okay. so i'd say you know obviously carlin or uh, prior influenced Chappelle and Chappelle I lo- I've always loved yeah. is it. like you know my, my favorite you know what i mean and there's people from like uh, that listen that obviously everyone likes Carlin you know and, and, and politically and I loved Bill Hicks he's probably like the oldest I go back to okay. I loved Bill Hicks when okay. I was younger because I was just like politically charged guy um, so but, Pryor didn't do it for you really then no Pryor no I, I love no I, I like it I appreciate it all I think it's amazing Red Fox maybe Red Bill, Fox is Bill fun Cosby. party albums Bill that, Cosby stuff at all never listened to any Bill Cosby stuff I didn't like clean comedy it just wasn't I do, but but now I look back as a comedian. Like now, mm-hmm. I watch it. And like like I never liked Seinfeld, and now I watch Seinfeld stuff. I'm like, oh wow, Seinfeld's awesome. But okay. it just wasn't. If it wasn't right in front of me, I didn't listen to it. See, it's funny you said that about Seinfeld. Are you talking about Seinfeld stand-up stuff or the show? Because the show often doesn't age well. Like I've seen it maybe so many times that now when I go back and see it, it doesn't carry the same laugh. I think it's great now. Really, I just never watched it. It's just, uh, so, okay, that might be the reason. So, like why. the right, but I also like watch the Golden Girls and love that. <laughs> That's quality writing, dude. Have you watched the Golden Girls? I think I had to watch that when I stayed at my grandmother's house in the early '80s. I think genius writing. The writing is genius. It's some of the best. It's some of the best setup, punchline, jokes, and here the writers. Rue McClanahan. So, all they do is call her a whore and a slut the whole time. It's hysterical. They do it, and the jokes are done well. Seinfeld's jokes are done well, I find in it. Larry and David was a genius. Larry man. David's great. So, um, the old guys, yeah, those are the, the, the I'm just not like that. As if, I like the stuff that I have oh, right Murphy, now. Murphy, Eddie Murphy. Never listened to it, but I mean, wow. how many people have he has he influenced it? Yeah, everybody. I mean, he's the greatest, right? Yeah, yeah. He he really bridged it to the movies very successfully. Yeah, you know, I, not all of them can do that. I'm trying to think of uh, John Candy. Richard Jenny was great. I remember him. Is he Richard? still around? Oh no, he killed himself oh. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, I'm getting him confused with um. Oh man, what's the other one? I get him in this other. That's right, Jenny did okay. I got I got like comedy from like I like to watch. Just I like I had a stepdad who watched 
um, stand up on like Comedy Central religiously. Yeah, and I just like yeah. that. That's what was right there. And then whatever as I got older, I didn't. There was a time when Rosie O'Donnell was actually a funny stand up comedian. Sure. In the beginning, you ever watch Ro- not Rosie? Don't mean it. You watch Roseanne lately? Ro- Roxanne. What's her name? Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Yeah. I watched like recently. Is she I, good? Roseanne Barr was great. But she was. In the beginning. Her, her TV show is one of the best things I've ever watched. I like I love you it. You think? Yeah. Oh, here's why I think so. Okay. Because I can't stay like it, it was a sitcom mm-hmm. where she was talking about working class poor people in their lives, and that's not happening all the time. No. Like, you think about Modern Family right now, which is a good show, but how modern is it that everyone's wealthy? Like, well, it's not real. They're like, oh, it's modern because we have a gay couple. And we have a an old guy with a new wife. It's very modern. It's like modern, like like pat yourself on the back because you guys have a gay couple. There's been gay couples before, and also well, everyone's they loaded. Have, they have money, yeah. They all have money. It's loaded. That's not modern family. And coming from a poor place or like a, like a upbringing, I appreciate seeing that. Yeah. And she was a and the jokes are good. Mm-hmm. I mean, things have changed in comedy. I didn't do. As I go further along, I start liking older and older stuff and starting yeah. to see that, oh, that's why I like this. Oh, that's why this person is this way. I start to see where those 60s, 70s, 80s laid the groundwork. So I'm kind of just, if you have me back in two years, I'll be like, you know who I like now? Uh-huh. And I will have found my way back to the genesis I get it. of what I like. Did you, um, what was your thoughts of King of the Hill? I liked it. I, or No, I thought of King of the Hill exactly like I thought of barbecue sauce. And I swear to God, this is true. Two things, two things. <laughs> this, is, this is true. There's two things in my life that I didn't like, and I tried and tried to try to like it to see if I, by force feeding it to me, and then maybe I'll like it on the other side. Okay. And it was King of the Hill and barbecue sauce. Okay. I managed to like barbecue sauce. Never managed to like King of the Hill, huh? Never made it. Man, I think that's some funny shit. There's a couple characters in there. The, the um, Boomhauer. Yeah, the that's, that yeah. About. But the father of Hank Hill, that Cotton Hill, he's like the he's got the like he's had his shins blown off the war and just the I yeah. think that element. Yeah, and that's a bit piece. I don't I I don't think that character's on every show, but that made it worthwhile for me. Just the, I'll, I'll probably go back. Like I said, I'm slowly working. I'm a very ADHD narrow. Yeah. Well, animation is a whole different ball game, right? I mean, like Beavis and Butthead did nothing for me. I I, I had to force myself to watch that because everybody was watching it in the '90s, and I'm like, "What is this? This is not funny." Yeah, it was too, I didn't get it. I think I was too young, for, slightly too young for. It. I think I was a little bit older than me. Some liked people it. would lose their minds watching that. I'm just like, I don't get. Maybe I have to be stoned to watch this. I don't. That's how Mike Judge and Mike Judge want to do like great. Things. He did. Well, he did. King of the Hill. And Beavis and Bud. Yeah. And what else? Uh, what's he do right now that's... Well, he did uh, Idiocracy, which everyone quotes around. Yeah. What's... He's got the great one right now. Who was Futurama? Was there some kind of like... Uh... That's what, that's Graining and, and the Simpsons guys. Okay. Um, what is he doing right now? Mike Judge has like one of the best shows and I'm... Right this in and I, and I can't think of what it is. And why am I... I just looked that up in a... Google Maps. <laughs> Not, where's Jamie? On the, is that the guy's name? Jamie, yeah. Mike Judge. Uh, oh, he did um he did Silicon Valley on HBO. Okay. Um, which is great. King of the Hill, Beavis and Bullhead, Idiocracy, Silicon Valley. I've said them all now, it looks like, because I'm an idiot. 
what's the other one he just started doing it doesn't matter this is great for people who are at home office space he did oh that's right that's right that's right. that was a great movie yeah but he's i mean he's great but i don't know those trying, are people that like i'm trying to think um pop pop oh, i can't speak pop culture in general is it as funny now as it was a decade or two ago? Is 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 this shit still funny? I mean, Chappelle's mean? funny. I mean, but beyond Chappelle, in terms of stand-up right now, it's like, do you find Jezelnik funny? Do you find, like, is the quality of stand-up Better on than the national? Is it really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's mm. just, it, yeah, I think that stand-up right now, everything gets better and better. I mean. Logically, you would believe so. It's hard. It's so much harder to be. There are people that you don't know that are writing jokes right now that are better than people and that were had TV spots. It's so much harder to become a comic now because there's so much competition and there's so much demanded of your writing. Right. There's so much that has been done before that you have to be original to cut through right now. You have, yeah. It's it's if you go back and watch and I've done this very recently and watch these people are all way better than me. It's all prophecies. I am not a. I'm a open mic dipshit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. These are just opinions between me and you. Right. right. Fucking, I'm a nothing. And I mean that sincerely. There are, if you go back and watch like people's premium blend or comedy central half hours mm -hmm. from years back, people who right now are amazing right. comics or people who, you know, that aren't around anymore from back, back in the age and you watch it, you're like, this stinks. It is, it's not good. It's just, or, but it's, it wasn't, it was great back then, but now it's all been said. Got it. And now that style has gone away and it's like, it's considered, everything becomes hack after a little while. Mm -hmm. So you have to invent new ways to do it. Mm -hmm. So somewhere out there right now, comedy is always getting better and always progressing and doing new original stuff. And, and so I think it's still good. I still think it's great. You're just not always seeing that stuff make it to the top because there's a lot of, the art isn't what, it could sell, but right now we're at a stage where people are selling or trying to sell or believe that the dollar is tied to something more Got than it. just what the straight jokes are. Got it. There's plenty of people who are amazing comics that just are just under your radar. I'm, I'm assuming okay. that if you got them, you'd be like, this is brilliant. What, what makes Chappelle so special? Makes him? He's, he's the best. I mean, he's my opinion. He's just the best. Uh, he's absurdist, but then also smart. Um, he... He's got great delivery and, and a, he's very, uh, you know, to a certain bit original. He's now found his way to be able to be political but still funny, say what he wants. He's beyond, you're not going to be able to take anything away from him now. Can't cancel him. Yeah. So he still has the ability to do that stuff. So, I mean, he's just naturally funny. He says funny. Half the things I think are funny are just because he said it one time. His and delivery. I'm like, That's, his delivery is unbelievable. I know. His voice. His delivery is unbelievable. Yeah. He knows. Yeah, I mean, he's just, I don't know. For me, he's like my favorite. But, you know, him, totally different than that. Like, David Tell's great, totally different mm -hmm. style. But, mm -hmm. you know, those those guys were like my my favorites. I find Rogan funny, his stand-up routine. Yeah. I think, I mean, I like jokes. I mean, here's the thing. I should probably say this, that I don't laugh anymore, Eric. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's a. You know, it's a real problem. Once you get, I had a friend who went to college and she did it for singing opera. Okay. She could really sing, and she got into it. And like and the more she got into it, the less she started liking. And she's an operatic singer. All right. 
great voice. But she starts to learn more about it and get and then you start getting the weeds and then yeah. she can do it better and better and better. Yeah. But it's but you start to see what's behind like you don't know how to enjoy it as much. You lose oh, no. that. I get it. So now instead it. of laughing, I just go, Oh, I see what you did. Oh, that's funny. I say that's funny out loud instead of laughing right now, like a goddamn serial killer. That's pretty crazy. I'm just like announcing my feelings instead of doing it. Instead of just like, instead of just crying, I just go, I'm sad. That's what I'm, it's the equivalent of that. Are you just so close to it now? It's kind of yeah. hard to enjoy. Like, we, not exactly the same thing, but when I got into the guitar business, I didn't play much anymore and I didn't like the instrument. I didn't want to look at it when same I got thing. home. Well, I still like it, look at it, but you and just it, start to look at it differently. When I got away from, when I got out of it, though, I then I got reacquainted with it, and the passion came back, you know. But it, yeah. but during the time I was messing with it, it was almost it was work. I viewed it as a different thing. Yeah, for sure, you do that. So for me, like I love comedy, and I like the writing aspect. So there's you'll be hard pressed for me to, to say what do you think about this comic and be like he stinks because if he's on the register, I believe they have value and Got they're it. funny no, for I sure. Get that. I respect that for sure. Like there there there's people that I'm like ah it's not my style, but I can be like well that's but I understand what they're doing and it's yeah, great. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I like just about everything. And when I was talking about stuff, the old I even respect that stuff. That I don't like it as a laugh because it's like comedy doesn't age great. And then that person, I like. I saw a special of somebody that is like one of my favorites, and then I see this one from eons ago. And I'm like, man, that's right. rudimentary. But you put it into that; it's relative. Right. You put it at that point, and he's like, oh, he's crushing. I just right. heard people since then. That's yeah, like that. that's all. Did you um, pay attention to the Trailer Park Boys at all? Never could get into it. My friends all love it. Couldn't do it. I find it funny. I bet it. I, yeah. I don't know why, but I, I will lose myself and I, that's tried, why I won't dive in there because I'll lose myself that's my modern day king of the hill that I tried it multiple times and never did it it never broke down it never made it like barbecue sauce made it into my life <laughs> I've tried and I'll go back but it's not like that with songs though like people try to pump Radiohead down my throat and I was like yeah. and I couldn't and the Beatles Radiohead and the Beatles people are like you gotta listen you gotta listen and until I hear a song at the right time yeah and then I hear it, then I'm like, I want to have all of it. And I want to be able to enjoy all of it. I haven't been able to do Some it. beauty music. At some point, I'll, I'll get there. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. Why is it that, or why do you believe that musicians all want to be comedians and comedians all want to be musicians? Why is that? Glory boys. They're all, everyone's a glory boy. Everyone wants it because. Wasn't that a good song by Living Color back in the, uh, remember the band Living Color back in the late 80s, early 90s? Not color me bad. No, living color. They were flavored. They were yeah. four black dudes yeah, that played metal. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> Before that was cool. Black guys playing metal is, is now cool. Like it's a. In, I think they made it cool. Like Bad Brains. That was later. Bad Brains was after Living Color. I think so. When was Bad Brains? Bad Brains DC. Discord. Let me see. Bad Brains. Maybe not. I thought it was eighties. Maybe not. Where's Jamie? Where's Jamie? <laughs> Bad brains. How living? They're probably at the same. I don't know. Living color was probably eighty-seven on. Bad brains, nineteen seventy-seven. Oh my god! Washington D.C. Pioneers. I know the are, name, but don't know anything about them. They're punk, punk reggae stuff. Okay. Clash stuff. Yeah, they're great. All right. Um, All right. Why do they want? Why does everyone want the other? Because they want the That's thing. The appearance, anyways. Yeah, they always say like basketball players want to be rappers, and rappers want to be basketball players. It appears that way as well. 
never thought really deep on it, but I'm sure I can fucking lie and pretend like. Why do they want to do that? It's a different kind of fame, maybe? Different kind of adulation? I think because. I'd say, why do people. People just like performing. And then if you told your. Everyone thinks they're funny. Do you know, do you know that? Everybody thinks they're funny. I do have no delusions that I'm funny. Well, you're like the only person. Because everybody I like seems. to laugh. People seem to think they're funny. So I assume that someone who's in a band. Life's funny. Life is funny. Life is funny. <laughs> I assume that they're good at this one thing and then they're told they're funny and they can go on it. I don't know. I liked playing in a band, but I wasn't as good at. By failing at playing music, I learned how to try it at telling jokes. So I was always going to be better at comedy than I was at music. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it comes from a similar place. That's so, so terrible. I hate when people say that, though. I failed at playing music. Like, no, you didn't. No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. No, I, you know I, I, mean? I did. I didn't ever learn. I did In terms stuff. Of making it into a business or becoming famous from it, you didn't do that. But but. I, I, fi- I had personal shortcomings that I didn't try hard enough. And I, and I, by not doing that, I learned how to apply to work harder. Okay. Enough. So I'll buy it. I, I think it comes from the same vein. I think it, music and, and joking and, I think it just comes from the same performative shit. They, so you just assume, like, I went this way. If I would have worked harder this way, I probably could have done that. More what's ego. The, what's the gauge of success in comedies? Is it like other vocations that money is the measuring stick? Or is it fame, the measuring stick, and how you even quantify that? It, what's the... Can you get personal satisfaction from the performance? Even, let's say... It didn't go over that night, but you think you had a good fucking set. Can you walk away from that having personal satisfaction? You're asking me personally? Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh, for sh- Eric, I'm not trying to be famous. And I mean that in the very, and it sounds silly way. Mm-hmm. This is... Oh, I totally understand. This is just fucking goofing. Right on. And it's what you're... I started doing it, and when it gets bummy, uh, I'm going to stop. And I just do this... Genuinely, and I mean this, and I, I've said this, I've said this on other podcasts with other people, and it's remained consistent. Mm-hmm. I always like comedy. I like working hard at it, and the rewards have come. And it's if this is all that it is, it doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm a 38 year old man who lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Like I started very late. I haven't been doing comedy a long time. Mm-hmm. I I believe that if you want to do it from a fame standpoint, you got to get to L.A. or New York, right? And you got to do that. I'm not going to do that at least at this point in time so for me it's am I getting better I'm getting better at this thing that's all I give a shit you're honing your craft that's it I like comedy a lot I like the writing aspect I like the performing aspect I like to hang out with people and I get to do it some cool places so literally I'm close to topping out of what I even like expect expectations Mm -hmm. I'm almost there like I don't have I don't reach. I'm not reaching for the stars in this sincere but, way. But there's an innate beauty in that, and that's yeah, where that that concept is so. Um, I don't know. It's it's not proliferated in society. The opposite seems yeah. to be on the mindset. Everybody, I'm very all the time. I'm I'm very lucky in that I've done well at least for right now. Things could change tomorrow. Well, sure, it doesn't matter. That's life. Right right now, I'm 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 happy where I'm mm-hmm. where I'm at. And so I get to just work real hard on this thing that I like as right. a hobby on the side. And if something cool comes from that, then I get that. And if it doesn't, um, I opened up this weekend. I did it. You having fun? Show. 
a show. I slept in my car. Which this weekend I opened for a dude that that like like a really good comedian here in Pittsburgh because I was around people that I liked and they needed someone to fill in. Right. And then I at an A club where with people that I enjoy, and then I bounced up to Buffalo to another A club mm-hmm. or with somebody else that that is a big time comic. Right. That I that I really appreciate. Right. And I got to do shows with them. Got to do it with a couple other buddies who were on the show that I really enjoy. And then I did that. I managed got back into town. I did that from Thursday to Sunday. That's quality of life, right? Thursday through, Thursday through Sunday, I got up in front of thousands of like, exactly from an acute yeah over a thousand people mm-hmm. and got to just say stuff that and I and I knew how to make them laugh and they responded and then right. it made it all worth it to get up and and you know go back to work and do do my thing because right. I just get to do this on the side and if I lose sight of that then I'm I'm fucking up because right now I'm just having fun. The the, the headliner actually said that because we were talking. I was talking to her, and this weekend she's like, "How?" Because I've had this conversation before. She's like, "How pissed off are people that you get these opportunities, and your attitude is this is what it is." It's just like whatever. And I was like, "Oh, I hope that it it doesn't upset anybody because no one's competing with me. I'm not taking any food off your plate, right. and you're not taking it from me. Right. Comedy is an individual." sport mm-hmm. for the most part and mm-hmm. it is a meritocracy for the most part and really you're just you're just trying to be better than you were yesterday right. and you, you shouldn't be mad at me and I'm not going to be mad at you just keep moving forward and it should work out and so if people are upset by it then it's misguided I think know? so I, I, I think that um, the idea that we have to like you said mentioned earlier we have to compare ourselves in terms of progress or achievement on every aspect of our life because the internet demands that we do yeah. is a flawed way of living and I think it's hurting it's hurting mankind not just Americans it's hurting everybody that comparison and that is expectations sure. I don't want someone to dictate to me what my expectations are supposed to be for myself sure yeah you can that is I didn't want a, an adult doing that before the internet telling me many years ago I mean why would I want it today is some corporation telling me or some company trying to sell me something I, 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 there's a better more sophisticated way of living sure than that yes it's uh that's foolish. Because then and I, what's business and what's fun, see? Like, at that point, I don't want to... This show is for fun. Yeah, good. With an idea that anything can happen, I really don't care. All right. Business, the real estate business, that's what my vocation is. That's where I have my energy, and that's where I put my effort, my real effort into feeding my family, making sure things are great. I don't mix the two. You see what I yeah. mean? Like I don't. No, there's no reason to. Like I don't need the same achievement goals here that I yeah. would have there. You can compartmentalize your life. I think you should. It's not think, hard though. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think that they're two. From a creative standpoint, I do feel sometimes it is hard to. You're using your brain in a different way when you like for my professional life mm-hmm. versus my my mm-hmm. creative life. There is a. I switch gears every single day to go out and like and, and do it, which it, I'm lucky that. But it's something that I've had to work on to make my mind nimble to bounce back and sure. forth. It's a skill, and and, and I, I do a lot of real weird things where like this is how I do things right here, and then I turn that off and I move over to here so I can get in the mindset of this. But um, as long yeah. as it works for you inside, yeah. you're congruent with yourself, and you can make it work. Then it doesn't matter what anyone else. Yeah. look at that and, and that's not it. knocking people who want to look at this and, and get 
and they're like, I got to do this. I got to get famous. Got, like then there, there are people who can become successful. Uh-huh. It's, it's I just, would ask, I, I would mean, ask them, what's the reason they want to become famous? Like, I think a lot of people want to be famous because you know, for fame, but also it'd be nice to make your living doing something that all that you enjoy doing and that had celebrity to it. If I can make my, it, it'd be cool. Okay. I personally find it like it. I get that. Uh, I get like little. Get like homesick real easy. Tell you what, it wasn't easy. Just even like four days in a row. Just like I slept in my car on Friday because mm-hmm. uh, because the, a lot of hotels are on like a lot of Philip halfway right now because they're not staffed enough. Right. So I couldn't get a hotel room. Right. So I went to my friend's house and I was like, hey man, I need like it was late after the club. We were hanging out, just goofing, and it was you know it was getting late. So staff. And like the manager and myself, we were all calling every single hotel in the Buffalo area. Wow. Everyone was done. Everyone was done. Like it was was filled up, and they were offering me. I sleep, you sleep on the couch, and I was like, yeah, but like, do you have my sleep apnea machine? Um, I can't do that in front of you. I have to do it in a place where I feel comfortable. And now, come on, are you serious? Dead serious. Okay. No, I'll wear my sleep apnea mask in front of other people. <laughs> but so I, uh, I called my friend who lives in Buffalo, and I was like, hey, can I um. I say your place. I don't want to stay on these people's couch. I can't get a. And he's like, "Sure, man, come on by." This is getting pretty late. I was like, "All right, I'm on my way." Like 20 minutes later, and then he fell asleep. Door was locked. Didn't answer the phone. Didn't answer the door knocks. The text messages, nothing. So I just had to. Got it. I I, I slept in the car, like in his driveway mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Friday, I don't know where I was going with that. Like something <laughs> I was. I just, I, think I just wanted to say that I did that, but um, I don't know. I that was still like it sucked, but. I don't know. I think I, I was told by a rather wise guy a long time ago. I don't mean wise guy in a bad way. A a man of wisdom told me if you can marry your vocation with your passion, that's the closest you'll ever find to ecstasy beyond the oh, sexual yeah, realm. Because if you can marry those two things, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, that's right. right. And, and and you know that's the closest uh, to living a, 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 a fulfillment of life now, or something to do with being fulfilled every day. Because you're not toiling for somebody else. Yeah, I think it's a thing, and, and a lot of people want that. Um, oh, I was just simply saying that I am a homebody, and I slept in a in yeah. a, my car, and I didn't like that. I didn't like. I'm sure. I didn't. I didn't like that, and I've seen people on the road who've been doing the road hard to try to get there, and I was like, oh no, I'd like to be home with my dogs, mm-hmm. hanging out. So I don't think that I would last very long from an emotional standpoint. Right. So it's a right. safeguard I've made in my life to where like even. I wouldn't even don't think I could get to if it, the opportunity were to present itself. I think that I was being honest with myself, being yeah. reflective. Yeah. I don't think that I'd perform well from an emotional standpoint, and I'm not trying to live in a way that makes me sad or makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. Because right. this weekend, like I was, I was done. I was like, all right, that was enough for me. If I had to do that, 36 weeks out of the year, be away from my home and sl- sometimes sleeping in my car, or in the hopes that I sometimes make it back in. Nah, dude, I'll do the local shows. <laughs> I'll get to open up for a couple of my uh, people that I enjoy, that I look up to, yeah, right um, make some friends, and get better at writing right jokes. <laughs> Done. You're good. Did you have fun? It was great. Yeah, come back and see me. Whenever you want, man. Yeah, I have some ideas. We'll talk. Yeah, let me know. Turn these things off so that way we can say really wild stuff. <laughs> you guys should have heard what he was saying before these cameras got turned. Like this is he keeps talking about like judgment free zones. He said some wild shit. <laughs> Expectations wise, I want to know what did you expect coming in there? 
was it about what you thought? I mean, it, did the show turn out as you kind of thought it would be, or what was your expectations? Yeah, and this did is. Did you this, have any? This, yeah. Do you want? Uh, do you want to know the yeah, truth? Yeah, I want the truth. Do you want the truth? I was like, all right, this is. Uh, you do a biographical, so or in a lot of like I did real quick check yeah. biographical, mm-hmm. um, and so you did not go biographical mm-hmm. because we didn't let it go there. So then I realized, oh, we are just gonna riff through mm-hmm. this stuff. We'll hit a couple of comic comedy things, and that'll be it. So my uh, perception when it came in was like very you know Joe Rogan experience having people on from different things, mm-hmm. just having a conversation about. It. So mm-hmm. I was like, it'll free flow like that, but almost like Marin does clearly biographical. He starts mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. I've seen, so I was, those are my main, I was like, all right, is he marrying those two worlds of doing biographical with Joe Rogan freeform mm-hmm. conversation? Um, and so I think they went more freeform in it. Yeah, for sure. You didn't, you didn't, do, you didn't do the as much biographical. That was, like, that was my only expectation. That was the only, right I was more like, what will I get into saying because i know that you if you again be honest i know that i can see Mm -hmm. your leanings and see not leanings too much but like what you like to see and how you perceive things okay and you like the conversations that you like to have in a little bit Mm -hmm. and i was like i can a little bit i was like i can get myself in some weird water right here (laughs) i can because i i don't sometimes don't think before i say stuff and sometimes i'll try to like be funny first (laughs) so i was like when i first asked you no agenda when, no, no, but when you asked, like, when I asked what kind of was, is like, do I come out and be funny for a comedy uh, podcast? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because again, it, I'll change things. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll go a different mindset if it's about being funny. So then I was like, okay, if I'm in the funny mindset and he starts, you know, asking questions about stuff that intrigues him mm-hmm. in, in the comedy world, which mm-hmm. is stuff that we covered, I was like, will I, if I'm being funny, go out on a Got limb and say it. something crazy? I get it. And so that how was, much of the how much of the theater will you bring in as opposed to just free riffing? Yeah, and, and talking in a more sincere of course, way. Of course. So that was that was my perception of it was that's kind of what it is and how do you respond to that, Seneca? Right and on. will you catch yourself saying things that you didn't want to or exposing yourself in some way because I'm I mean, I'm sure we're cutting this part out, but um No, we're not. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm sure that I, I was like I, you know, I don't like to get into personal stuff. You know? Yeah, right. On. I don't. I like to be, a, but I mean, I like to talk shit in the moment. But. I would think. I think it's fascinating to me too what the um, perceptions of what we're doing here. Now that we have like a couple hundred shows on our belt, I like to see if the show ends up being similar in any way to what the per- guest perceptions were coming in. It's fascinating to me. It's about what I thought. Right on. Yeah, That's I mean, good. it was. It was. It was Almost exactly what I thought it would be. Cool. Didn't and have I, to make some jokes here and there. Have some conversation about that's good news. The world in which and you, you've talked to other comedians. Who have you talked to here? Cool. I was gonna put way more on you. Actually, that was my plan. I'm gonna ask him a whole bunch of questions. You can do, you can do that. Uh, I, I like comedians because you guys are very talkative and you're very engaging, and I like to laugh. I do. Sure. And and so comedians are natural for me. But I've had business folks on, attorneys. I've I have uh, regular old folks. We get together on a round table and just go out to the topics of the day. And it just, it's really great conversations. And people seem to dig it. I don't know why. Sure. <laughs> they, they it's a popular format now. It is people a popular like format. I, th- I think it's, I th- I th- again, we talked about the professional thing. I think it's, we're trying to do it the right way, visually, 
you know, audibly the whole thing. So, LA comics, they're more podcasters now than they're comics. I guess. I, I guess. But the I, headliner that was there this weekend, she had a lot of people that were there for her podcast. Wow. And she's a good comedian. Wow. She, she's, a, she's a great comedian, but you could tell, or at least that was what I was checking in with how they were responding to things. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, I think these people are podcast fans. They could be. More than, because stand up fans are very. They're kind. Of, they're getting smart. They see things a lot better. And podcasts, there was something different. They were a great audience. They were awesome. And I was trying to figure out: is it because they're podcast people who are listen to things in more? There's more space for dialogue. Oh, they no get doubt. into it. So when I give them something that I know, it's got this many laughs a minute. I know where this is going. If they're normally into like funny conversation, if they're getting hyper done funny conversation because they were great this weekend got it and i got think it. podcast fans well not for more people who have big podcast followings because i'm telling you the show's you go, great so you do i appreciate it man thank you all right friends we're out bye major fight your dad <laughs> hello you're listening to the eric mckenna project